Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's nineteen. Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about the films of 1999 from a tea room here in 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Kenny Nybart. And I'm Phyllis Gove. And with us today is Barrett Doss, uh, an actor from Station 19. Phil works on that show. She was also on uh, Broadway on Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Bill yeah. Murray. Right? I did, a couple times. Yeah, he uh, he didn't show up to... The show for several months. We ran for about six months, and then he showed up in our last—I guess it was our last two months—at some point, and came back two nights in a row. There you go. Big meta there joke. There you go. Uh, sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was part of. Was it a, a a bit from him? Of course. I think. I think his <laughs> whole life might yeah. be a sure, bit. Sure, um, sure. But I. I mean, it was also. I think he truly liked the show because I also believed after meeting him that he would have been honest with us if he didn't. Um, <laughs> But he really did. He gave us like a speech the night he came, both nights. And we didn't find out until he was there, that he was there. So like. That's cool. Yeah. But of course, people started tweeting about it as soon as they saw him in the theater. So it reached us before they officially told us that he was there. Um, But he was. Yeah. Right. But he was he was um, but he was absolutely delightful and like exactly what I hoped that he would be after being a fan of the movie for most of my life yeah. and then being in the musical. Do you think it's, is it, is it your favorite Bill Murray movie or, I mean, it's up there, I'm sure. It's definitely up there. Yeah. And now it it's is. Great. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Now it is. Is it yours? It's, it's very it's hard. Defi- it's very, it's, it's definitely probably, it's definitely top five, maybe top three. 
I don't know. There's I mean, Ghostbusters. Three, I Ghostbusters. Just, and I would also say, just for me, there are some Wes Anderson ones that. Oh, oh sure. Of really I mean, Rushmore is is really something. Yeah, and like World Tenenbaum isn't really World Tenenbaums isn't really a Bill Murray movie. Yeah, per right. se. It doesn't showcase him. In but the I do way. love that movie so much. Oh, I, uh, what about Bob? In is in there? What about Bob for is me? great. I have big issues with that. Movie. <laughs> I've I've always had issues with that movie. I'll tell you what the issue is. I've always a found logistical myself, one or or a mental health one. Well, no. <laughs> Don't get me started, Phil. Um, now, now I have two issues. One is all right. So so one is oh, I've always sympathized with uh with the Richard Dreyfus character. Oh yeah, and I always felt like the movie wanted us to sympathize with Bob. And and kind of go on this journey where we were so where we where it was so exciting that Bob was going and blowing up this family. This guy did nothing to deserve it. No. So that killed me. And at the end, it's like yeah. his life is it's ruined true. by Bob. It's totally absolutely ruined. Secondly, as a person who has a therapist and who sometimes talks to my therapist at odd hours, it also upsets me the idea. You're the Bob in this equation. Why? Well, definitely the Bob. But it also obsessed me that like the idea that like the therapist like one dream is like like tidying up their office, like packing their briefcase and getting the fuck away from everyone else. So Yep, yep. So Fair. all of these it kind of goes into the souffle of this is not for me. I have a similar issue just with movies that are like the, the cable guy sort of situation too, where it's like a person. Really watch that movie. You like person, that movie. I, can't really I do watch like that the movie. cable guy because it's because it's dark. And what about Bob is like a family movie, but like just the idea of someone trapped in a circumstance drives what was me. Your family like? I mean, it's. I the, watched it with my family. I watched it, I watched with, my it with my family a lot. Too. So and, like, and my family. This my, was one of the movies. Yeah. Families the, for sure. I, it's so dark. Families seem to think this movie's like a family movie. It's not. It's about a guy destroying a family. Hey. All right, keep going. Uh, so I just I'm one of those people that just I I just hate circumstances like that as a as a Me viewer too. watching someone get trapped in a situation where if pe- just everyone just needs to believe our protagonist mm-hmm. and they refuse to and that drives me kind of mental. So or they're like Groundhog Day. A little bit like Groundhog Day. There's a theme here. But Groundhog Day is I mean Groundhog Day is just fantastic yeah, and it, and it, it just sort of the the conceit of it is just so clean. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's got him like I mean I, I just. I don't know why, but him with the groundhog driving the truck, where he's like, don't drive amazing. angry, don't drive angry, is just, it's just great. Every moment of that movie is amazing. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 I don't know if it's better than Ghostbusters, but they're, they're so know. close. They're, in a, they're, they're so different. Films. I mean, there's so many amazing films he's been in. He's yeah. one of our fondest actors. Yeah. He's one of our finest actors. He's not in T with Mussolini, unfortunately. unfortunately. Would have been better off for it. Barrett, I mean, why T? Why? Let's do the whole thing. Okay. Right. Barrett, where were you in 1995? Five, nine, 1999. <laughs> I'm just guessing. Well, no, I was just, ga- <laughs> just picking another year. Just I guessing her. I, mean, I don't. I don't want to make any assumptions. Um, in 1999. How old were you in 1999? I was 10. Oh. Um. Uh. I was living in. God, I might have been in New Mexico when I was 10. How old? What grade? We hear you that in? all the time. When you were, <laughs> you wouldn't believe New how many New Mexicans we have on the show. <laughs> Definitely the first. I'm trying to think of what. What grade are you uh, in? Ten. It's about fourth grade. Fourth. Okay. Oh yeah. No, I lived in Chicago. That's okay. why I lived in okay. Chicago. Um, and uh, I'm pretty sure I saw it within a year of it coming out. I don't. Okay. I didn't see it in the theater. What drew nine year old or ten year old Barrett to want to see T with Mussolini? My mother. Okay. I think. Sure, sure. I, I, I mean, and that was the result of the of the actors in it. 
I mean, it wasn't was necessarily. Was it Cher or is it the dames? Cher and the dames. <laughs> There's a lot of dames in yeah. there. I, I, three I, dames. Three dames. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cher. Or the dames. <laughs> which, you, what, who would have thought would have we thought? would say yeah. these yeah. names? And this, actually, and weirdly, Lily Tomlin was a huge draw. My mom's gay, so we. I went Lily to Tomlin's. see Lily Tomlin standout live like yeah. when mm-hmm. I was about that age. maybe a, Playing a gay character. Few, exactly. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of a combination of all of those things because – as my mom is like a real wonderful little lesbian. She loves <laughs> Lily Tomlin. She loves Cher and she loves Judy Dench. Like she's never loved anyone in her life. Maybe I more than it. me. I, I get it. Those are all, and they're all great. So they were all in the same place at the same time. And she was like, we're, I'm going to go and see this movie and, and just burn it into your brain. They so, are all in this movie. Right. So you've seen this movie more than once. <laughs> yes. I mean, uh, this time I've, I only watched it once, but when I was a kid, it was in the, it was in rotation with a few other movies like Groundhog Day and the Birdcage and like some other stuff. It was like the, this was one of them. This isn't a movie for kids. No. This isn't a movie for repeat viewing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't know why she was watching it so many times. Well, I mean, here's what I will say. If you love Cher, if you love Judy Dench, and you love Lily Tomlin, yeah, I mean, just Maggie for Smith. time purposes, you get all three of them I in, do in love one movie. Cher. I love her too. Did you guys see the Tonight Show last night by any chance? No, it was a sh- it was a share extravaganza. Oh, did the share show? The share perform? show was on. I know some people, and in she that. was on awesome. before the share people oh, came on, it. and then they did two performances from the from the play or the musical. Yeah. Uh, she's just great. I, I just she's self effacing and just like kind of takes the piss out of herself, but also recognizes what she's accomplished. Like she's mm-hmm. not it. She's I don't know. She's really impressive. She's she, fantastic. She carries herself like royalty, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Yeah. No, yeah. You know, she really does. I think it's, I, I think the share thing going on right now is very cool. The share thing from 99 is even more interesting to me. Yeah. Because um, she's so talented. She's so good. She's so good. Yeah. I mean, she. this is a, a weird movie for her to be in. Totally. Though, right? I mean, I'm not. It, when she shows up, you're like, mm, are you from a different movie? Well, it's, exactly. Like, it's I don't, so I don't weird. Fully are you from a better it. movie? <laughs> Also a better movie. She's just kind of – but she's also great. And it's interesting because she talks about how um, – excuse me – how uh, the director, Franco uh, Zeffirelli, said she was the only person who could play this role, which is why she did it apparently because oh. he told her that there was no one else that could do it. I guess if you want to secure share in your movie, that's all you really have to say. Yeah. Sure. But it's yeah. – Any actor would be happy to hear that. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. okay. Okay. That's yeah, what? I'm in. That's great. <laughs> But it's she is very good in it, and I'm not entirely sure I could see many other people doing it. It's like a Meryl Streep role, kind of. It is, but it's also so much like I love Meryl Streep, obviously, but she doesn't play that often larger than life. Yeah, true. She, she does every once in a every while, once, and maybe and, here she could have done it. I could see that. Yeah. Um, I no, I, I agree with you. I can't think. I can't think of a lot of people who had this kind of energy. But, but um, she also sweeps in with her dark hair and her thin eyebrows and looks like a fucking movie star. Yeah, and you she believe does. that she's yeah. – that these women – just these older British women just resent Love her. Yeah. You know, and that relation – mostly the relationship that I – when I was ro- watching this uh-huh. that I loved so much was with her and Maggie Smith. Mm-hmm. Like those two yeah, yeah, yeah. belonged in this movie together. If there it's was the ever, best relationship in the it's, movie. And it's the most entertaining yeah. part of the movie. Yeah. Like them throwing yeah. jabs at each other from, you know, across a room – of people it's also arguably awesome. the only arc in the movie. Totally. <laughs> yeah. The only the only relationship where you can see a beginning and an end yeah. and actual sort of changes. The characters actually grow. We've also seen that 
thousands of times. That this exact story. Yeah. That being said, I'm a big fan of um, people acknowledging just how disgusting the Brit- Brits are towards Americans. <laughs> <laughs> people don't talk do about hit that about. a lot. It's awful. <laughs> yes. I love seeing it on screen. Yeah. Just the way Maggie Smith rolls her eyes and, put, and sticks Every up her time, nose yeah. anytime either the Americans walk in the room. That's real for me. I believe it. It's every time <laughs> and I, I, I consider myself a very American American. So every time I go, to, I go to England, which is the only place I've really ever been. I feel all the eyes looking at me because I, you know, I have my baseball hat and my sneakers. How on. vulgar! I think, so vulgar. I, I think they, I think they just resent the shit out of me. Um, but so, I also feel like um, Maggie Smith could do this role in her sleep. Oh, I mean, totally. This is just, there, she She's right really, in the pocket. She, it's, yeah. it's it's yeah, it's right in. Uh, so just to get back to you in '99, yeah. what other movies do you remember in '99 that sort of stayed with you? I would need some help. Okay. I mean, there was stuff that came out then that I saw after, but I mean... Sure. You, you have The Matrix or Star Wars, Phantom right. Menace. Totally. Well, Election. I saw that in the theater, so yeah, that Alex must have Mr. been... Ripley. But definitely... Uh, American Beauty. Ooh, These aren't yeah. movies for kids, really. No, right. What kids' movies uh, do you know? Were there little, any... Stuart Little, Tarzan, oh, Totally Giant. saw both of those. <laughs> I didn't see The Iron Giant. Not Twister for two. me. Not for you. I don't know. I didn't. Haven't seen it since, or just. Oh, I think I did see okay. it like maybe a year or two after, but I didn't really. Right. It didn't. Toy I didn't. Story two. Toy Story two. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah. They I were, mean, those no, were. It's, it's okay. Were, you were. Yeah. You were. You were ten. So it makes sense that you know you yeah. weren't seeing Galaxy Quest or. No, but I. I probably. I bought that, I think, at Borders Bookstore, like the DVD. Uh-huh. R.I.P. At Bo- yeah. Right? At Borders the Bookstore best. that was down the street from my house in Chicago maybe a couple years later. And I would just – that I would hoard my allowance and go to Borders and buy these DVDs that uh-huh. I knew that my mom would never buy. And, uh, and Galaxy Quest Galaxy was one. Galaxy Quest is, is a masterpiece. Yeah, it's and tremendous. And I look forward to when we get around to talking about yeah. it. One of the many tremendous films of 1999. Indeed. Let's talk, about let's talk about Tea with Mussolini. Mussolini. Um, I'm going to give a synopsis of Tea with Mussolini. Uh, in 1930s fascist Italy, adolescent Luca, played by Charlie Lucas, just lost his mother. His father, a callous businessman, sends him to be taken care of by British expatriate Mary Wallace, played by Joan Plowright. Mary and her cultured friends include artist Arabella, played by Judy Dench, young widow Elsa, and archaeologist Georgie, played by Lily Tomlin. Keep a watchful eye over the boy. But the women's cultivated lives take a dramatic turn when Allied forces declare war on Mussolini. Tea with Mussolini opened on May 14th, 1999, in 10th place with $1.6 million against Black Mask, Midsummer Night's Dream, and a movie called Trippin', which I don't know what that movie is. We're doing it. Oh, yeah? No, we'll, we'll do it. I just, Trippin'. Do you know what it is? Trippin'. Is that the Donald Faison movie? Maybe. Ooh. All right. Um, I'm actually kind of looking forward to Midsummer Night's Dream. I think that's going to be an interesting conversation. Mm, we'll see. It's a good one. one. Yeah, uh, it's like one. Michelle Pfeiffer and Kevin Klein. No, I know who's yeah. who's doing it. Oh, we don't. We don't have. A, don't we have haven't. Oh, figured Trippin' out is the Donald Faison anyway. movie. Yes. Okay. Cool. Uh, is he Trippin' in it? Uh, <laughs> one. Would I mean, I'm just. I'm expecting just some. One minute, you want me to read it? A high yeah. school senior Gregory Reed is unprepared for life after graduation. Uh-huh. Obsessed with finding a girlfriend. Gregory often has elaborate fantasies where he imagines himself as a successful ladies' man. While Ooh. Gregory passes his time with his slick, trouble-seeking friend, June, that's Donald Faison. Okay. He can't seem to escape his rut until he meets the pretty and brainy Cinny, spelled bizarrely. <laughs> Although his crush already has a boyfriend, Gregory is intent on winning her over. That's going to be a hell of an episode. It's going to be great. I can't wait. It made almost $10 million in the box. Are you serious? Whoa. 
So Tea with Mussolini opens on May 14th, 1999, 10th <laughs> place with 1.6 against Trippin. <laughs> it would go on to make – now, there were conflicting reports on the amount of money that Tea with Mussolini made. All right. Box Office Mojo is saying it made $14.4 million. Wikipedia is saying it made over $45 million. I don't know which one to believe, but one of them would make the $12 million budget. You know sure. what I mean? The other – so we'll both, see. Both are amazing to me. Both <laughs> <laughs> I mean, share. I, I don't dislike share. this movie. Actually, I mean, I don't. I don't. Like, I didn't hate I don't it. Like I mean, it, but like, I don't dislike it. I, I, I don't want to just act like I, I, I'm shitting on it. It's yeah. just, it's, it's a slow yeah. period piece. Um, oh yeah. About a subject a lot of people have seen tons of things on, and also are kind of not diving into anymore. Now, granted, this is 20 years ago, but still, yeah. I've never know. seen a movie quite like this one i've though. never seen a movie that takes place in italy <laughs> made i mean zeffirelli's an italian director but yes made with a american and british cast mm-hmm. in english in english um at the time of the war wasn't and it in actually, conjunction with like an italian production was, company yes. too which had is a bunch so of producers crazy to me when it's autobiographical everyone, <clears throat> right right so it's like Zeffirelli is using what feels like most of his clout to get this movie made, I'm assuming, because this movie is kind of all over the place. And and it, it's it's very very autobiographical. That my my big sort of the thing that kind of stuck with me is it, it reminded me a lot of stories my grandparents were telling me about the war. Hmm. Um and your grandparents were in Europe? My grandparents were in Poland during the they were they were Holocaust survivors. They were were in Poland and put in uh, concentration camps and all that. But when they got out of the war and even before the war, it felt like stories like that. The, it felt like a bunch of sort of fragments of memories. You know what I mean? Like a person who remembers their childhood through mm-hmm. sort of these this fragmented sort of thing, <clears throat> which didn't necessarily bother me. Like it, it's a movie that just kind of have to go along with these sort of like this rambling tales of of war. But it's not – necessarily very satisfying and it's hard to really lock into i don't know if you guys felt the same way but i was just like i just don't i like these characters i like this this universe is interesting it's it's made with love but i'm just like i don't know what i'm supposed to really be feeling there's times where i watched it with my roommate last night and she said this movie feels like downton abbey meets broke down palace and at times you were just like where are we what are we doing what's like the tonal shifts are pretty severe but i I certainly wouldn't say i didn't enjoy watching it. I just was like, I just don't know what to really make of it. It's a weird movie. To me, I agree with you. And one of the main reasons is I think the performance by the older Luca was pretty bad. Oh yeah. Oh, but he's so cute. Can I say, when I was, when I saw this movie for the first, I had this experience when I was rewatching last night where I was like, oh my God, that's a kid. But I was, (laughs) but in my memory, I remember. He was around your age, I imagine. He was like the perfect, he was like 15, Mm -hmm. probably what, 15, 16 or something maybe, but he's playing that age Mm -hmm. about. And I was like 11 or 12, you know, I mean, so I was like, damn, like (laughs) whenever he came on screen, I remember I was actually talking to my mom on the phone. Uh, in the car on my way here. And I was like, I remembered that kid being so hot when I was like, <laughs> you know, just like hitting puberty and be like, God, he's so cute. And then I'm re- and I totally didn't understand the relationship between him and Cher. And, Cher yeah. and how like, he was just like pining after this woman who was taking care of him financially. Like it was just, I, and 
So I just remember feeling like really kind of mad at Cher the whole time. Like sure. because I was yeah. jealous. Like why are you yeah. Like, why are you pushing this kid away? Yeah, but I didn't realize like I didn't see the age difference between them yeah. as that significant. All I knew was he was he was older than me and looked young enough to be real a cute. potential boyfriend. Right. Yeah. Totally potential boyfriend yeah. material. Now he's a child and, and not now a great actor. He's a terrible <laughs> <Yes>. child actor. <laughs> well, no, now I was he's like, a- ashamed of myself. <laughs> <laughs> Now but he's still a man, super cute. And if you look him up on Wikipedia, pretty handsome man. Still? Oh, yeah? Still handsome? I don't know. I like his look. What can I say? <laughs> I wonder who's become yes. better at acting. Oh, oh super wow. cute. He doesn't even look well like the done, same person. Luca. Yeah, he looks good. Luca. Is he still acting? Wallace. Uh, yeah. Was I he putting he, on an accent? Where is he I don't from? know he's what his accent was. He's an American. Was. Oh, that explains He's from ah. Seattle. He has three oh. credits to his name. Uh, is this one of them? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Two others are things I had never heard of. One was in 2007. Um, I looked that up specifically to see if this guy had any pedigree or any career after because I did think he was unbelievably bad. (laughs) um, I wonder how Cher felt about him. Share or Plowright right, or, or all these all these like legends who had to work opposite um, of this kid who really you know couldn't hold the scene with. Like a candle, but um, they were editing him within an inch of his life. Oh too. my gosh! You, you know, what I mean, if you if you watch the way they're leaning heavily yeah. on your on your dames and and cutting to him only when as you necessary. do. But I think that's one of the reasons yeah. why it was hard for us to connect to this movie. Totally. I think, and I think that is a failure, um, not just of him. I think that's a failure of the great Franco Zeffirelli, <laughs> who yeah. uh, who kind of failed in casting his own avatar. I yeah. think. And I would also I would agree writing. With that himself i would say well i mean sure yeah i excuse me i i yes to all of that i wonder too like zeffirelli's had a very interesting career or had a very interesting career i don't know if he's still alive um you know working within the parameters of shakespeare or these sort is very different obviously than working within your own life and Mm -hmm. it, it just feels like he might have been too close to the material to be able to really sort of get a good look at what he needed do you know what i mean like it's it's of what the film needed. It has a very, I think it has a great sense of place. It just feels very lovingly made, but almost to a fault. Sure. As though yeah. he might not be able to actually sort of, well, some of get the distance he really, needs. Really, like, <clears throat> really interesting parts of the story for me. Yeah. Like, I could have watched a whole movie about Wilfred and his relationship yeah, with his yeah. grandma. Like, watching yes. him have that, I remember that moment from when I was a kid I'm and a rewatching man. it. Yeah, that whole, I'm a man, I'm a man, and all that uh-huh. stuff. Like, I kind of loved that. And I was like, that's interesting. That's an in, that's a person who then ends up a revolutionary. Like, yeah. he runs outside and all of a sudden Luca's there or, to be like, let's go. Yeah, and, totally. They, and I was like, And, well, and the Lily Tomlin character, too. Like, why isn't there a movie just about an openly gay lesbian archaeologist? I would watch that. Like, that's a, a movie to times. me. World War II. I mean, just for her to be that, you know, I hate to say, but that brave and that yeah. sort of is, is fantastic. Uh, this is kind of the thing where, and I think that Ebert actually puts it quite well. He says, um, I enjoyed the movie in a certain way as a kind of sub merchant ivory mix of eccentric ladies and enchanting scenery. I like the performances of the women, including Cher. People keep forgetting what a good actress she can be. I wanted so to good. see more of Tomlin's bracingly frank archaeologist. Why do movie lesbians have to recite so much dialogue that keys off their sexuality? Question mark. But the movie seemed the movie like the lesbians. stuff of anecdote, not drama. And as the alleged protagonist, Luca Franco is too much, uh, is too young much of the time to play much more than a bystander's role. 
I also think, I mean, the New York Times also said that once you accept the notion that Tito Mussolini aspires to be little more than a kind of British-Italian steel magnolias with a pantina of World War II movie uplift, it becomes a pleasure to watch it stars shamelessly hamming it up. Their thespian antics go a long way towards concealing the weaknesses of a makeshift screenplay that has many more characters and events than it can comfortably handle. Mm. And I do feel like that's – it kind of has an embarrassment of riches and in the process it kind of doesn't capitalize on all of mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that that's maybe – I mean, if that's the worst thing you can say about a movie, then, I mean, it's... it's. It seems to happen a lot with these kind of movies because yeah. there aren't a lot of really juicy roles for women in their 60s. Yeah. You put a bunch of them together. Um, and a lot of the time, it does seem like the director wants to let them play. Yes. And have fun. And sometimes it is that embarrassment of riches situation. There are a lot of these movies where you have four or five, six big, bold names above the title, uh, women or men older than 60 that kind of fall flat ultimately. But yeah, I mean, I think that you also bring up a, a point that, that uh, the New York times brings up as well. Tea with Mussolini brings or belongs to an old fashioned tradition of escapist movie making in which star turns romance and melodrama are swirled together with pretty scenery and a dash of camp into a confection that used to be called quote unquote, a woman's picture. Hmm. Uh, if Tea with Mussolini isn't believable for a second on its own glamorous terms, it isn't half bad, but I do think that there's something to that sort of, putting a group of women together under some sort of circumstances and just kind of letting them play off of each other. And I think that it's, you know, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. And in fact, we don't see these movies get made as much as they used to. I mean, I think that this cast actually, I never saw, um, what the hell was the the movie, the the hotel movie that they were all in recently? Yeah, I was thinking about that. Oh, yeah. I don't remember what the, what it's called, but do you know what I mean? Yeah. They did two of them. It, it does. You know, there's an audience for it, and I by no means suggest they should stop making them. In fact, I wish that they kind of made more of them. It just feels they'd probably like probably get better at it if they did. The you best, know? the best exotic marriage yes. yeah. hotel. And then the sequel was like the, the bestest. Best. <laughs> how many? <laughs> the next best. <laughs> the next best. Yeah. How many of the? How many mm. of them were in that movie? Because I, I also wonder how, how many, many times these so dames, dames have all gotten to work together because. Outside of the theater, right? Because they well, have they, overlapped and like. There's a movie called Tea with Dames, which oh, is it's all amazing. of them. Oh, you've seen it? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> so okay. I watched it as soon as I could on demand. It's a documentary, where yeah. right? Where, yeah. Yeah. Or yes, where they just all just hang out together, right? Maggie Smith, Judy Dench, Joan Plowright, and I forget Eileen Atkins. Atkins. Yeah. Um, all sit around and drink tea and champagne and like talk and they're they're being prompted and asked questions about their husbands because Joan Plowright was married to Laurence Olivier and right. like yes. he, who sure. directed and worked with almost all of them at any given See, moment. That's awesome. And it was just so cool to watch them reminisce and talk to each other about their process as actors and about they didn't even really talk about this movie, which I wonder if they're all just sort yeah, of like, who cares? Happened. Yeah. It was you know we got paid. But it was but like they all have known each other for so long. Sixty years for right. Maggie Smith and I mean, Judy it's amazing. Dench. It's yeah. incredible, and they it's so, like me they, and you, Phil. <laughs> like, like the way they jab at each other, and the way they're all very aware. Well, of the, like, the history of the, of of their art and what they right. do is just it's it's the depth of their abilities. I think that's the thing that maybe yeah, where you just sort of feel like. I mean, I, I haven't seen the best exotic Marigold Hotel, um, but there's a part of me that feels like it's they're probably you know not giving them the best material in the world. Like you would love to see them just get really, really good shit still. I mean, and I just feel like there's just not that many roles, unfortunately for women above a certain age, but it's just, 
It's unfortunate. And this film feels like a, a really ripe opportunity. It just doesn't totally capitalize yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. Well, they do try to give them some Shakespeare. It was kind of funny. Yeah. Like at, at any given yeah. point, they throw some, uh, like three of them, I think. I think each of them gets an opportunity to spout off like a few lines. Well, and then they do the, – there's the, the, the puppet – Show, oh, show scene, Romeo and Juliet thing, which is which is cute and, and a nice cool. sort of it seems like a little wink to people who are familiar yes. with Zeffirelli's career, which is nice. I, I mean, yeah. that's actually one of the things I was looking forward to totally. going into the movie. I'm like, well, I assume that they're gonna. Plant they kind of the didn't really do for, it that much as, as that, yeah. that was it. I mean, that and the stuff where Lily Tomlin was showing him the, you know, the um, sculptures and mm-hmm. kind of talking to him about what it means to be an artist and those kind of yeah. things. Yeah, but, but again, I never felt like they really. Hit it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I loved the fact Which that is okay, I just. I think. I guess I just don't really know what the movie was saying about art. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, and I don't. I don't mean that. I mean, art is beautiful, and and you know, I. I it just Judy Dench's character. I, I actually have to say is the most sort of. I wasn't really sure how to really. She just was crying and screaming and talking about paintings. Yeah. I just there was just not a lot to really hold on to, and and it's even like it's the it's the 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 grace note. At the end of the movie is the you know them protecting that that mural or that painting. Um, I guess I don't know. I just I mean I, I don't mean to be glib, but I just don't know really what they were trying to say about art and what what it meant to be an artist. Mm-hmm. But you know he definitely had a tremendous career. I mean I've seen his Hamlet, the Mel Gibson Hamlet, and I've seen his the Romeo and Juliet with mm-hmm. Olivia Hussey. Um, but those are the only two I think. Of and his- Macbeth, I've seen. Oh, I have not seen his Macbeth. He did Macbeth? Yes. I only saw Romeo and Juliet. Okay. His Romeo and Juliet is really beautiful. It's, yeah. it's amazing. It, you know, up until, you know, Leo and Claire showed up, it that was the Romeo and Juliet right. that you were shown in class. That mm-hmm. was the one that really I kind assume of, it still is. They're not going to show the Leo and Claire one They in did class, in my class. hundred percent right? showing mm-hmm. you Leo they do? and Claire. That's yeah, cool. 100%. That's how the people, yeah. they're like – Okay, good for like, school. Great. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just – it's. I mean – Yay, school. Well, because it feels like You're that's right. the one that'll connect it with is kids. The same words. It's you know true. Right? like, oh, yeah. see, like the sword is a gun, and yeah. now I know what this movie's yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's yeah. what the book's about. You know, yeah, totally. And it's also it's a great life. fucking movie. It's a great oh, it's movie. The best. It's the best. Yeah. Um, I think it might be Baz Luhrmann's best film. Well, no, it's not. I love <laughs> I love Moulin Rouge, which I is the, which is one of the best movies ever made. It is one of the best. They're, I love them. Both. Has the has the musical opened yet? Have you seen the musical? It's yet? about to. It's about to open. I haven't seen it. But you're going um, to see it. I would love to see it. Um, the set. I know the set designer fairly well, who just came to our set the other day. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because he was Paris's roommate in college. Oh, that's amazing. That's crazy. So, that's small but also world. his wife was a producer on Groundhog Day, and he's oh, designed wow. some sets not for Groundhog Day, but other shows I've worked on. But Derek. Uh, designed the most amazing set. The elephant is is I, I in, really like if you look at the pictures, thing. it's unbelievable. <laughs> it the the actual set is incredible and made me emotional when I saw a picture of it. Yeah, so yeah, being I, there and watching I love it Moulin happen, Rouge. It's almost too much for me to take. And um, <laughs> uh, my boyfriend's buddy Danny Burstein is playing um, the Christian. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, um, the 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 ringleader. Um, what's his name? Oh, oh, fuck. The, the Jim Broadbent character. Yeah, Jim yeah. Broadbent's oh, yeah, character. Yeah. And he's perfectly as, cast. As he's going to be amazing. Sigler? Sigler. Sigler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's going to be unbelievable. So I, I really, really, really can't. High recommend. I think and the actors are fantastic who are in it. So. But it's, it is interesting to see, you know, he, he did find ways. I mean, again, I don't remember his Hamlet all that well, but I remember it being slightly modern. I remember seeing it in class and feeling like it didn't feel like a stodgy you know, just another Shakespeare thing. So it is interesting that that he makes this film, which was his second to last film that he made, 
Um, he did a Jane Eyre. He, he you know did a lot of uh, a lot of operas. He was the stage director of many operas at the at the Met. Yeah. It seems. Um, I mean, a tremendously talented guy. I, I mean, I, I it's unfortunate that this film felt a little bit um, unmoored, but um, but still still a really beautiful movie. I, I think that um, the other thing that I was. AV Club was not as kind to it. Um, while Zeffirelli couldn't have assembled a more capable cast, none of them except Cher are given characters colorful enough to make the film worthwhile. Almost everyone gets lost amidst the Tuscan scenery. Worse still, the dramatically flaccid film itself boils down to the story of a bunch of overprivileged women slowly coming to the banal realization that fascism might not be a good thing. But fairly, you know, I, I imagine there are a fair I, amount I of people that were that way back. Right. Then. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think there's a fair amount of people who are like that now. I mean, I think there's yep. some, right. There's like, yes. I mean, I get really, in, I actually in found in rewatching yeah. that my experience of watching this movie was like, oh, this is actually totally believable. You know, like there's that these yes. women who are already super condescending and like think so much of themselves, specifically Maggie Smith's character, but it bleeds yeah. down to all of them um, are like just experiencing the world in a way that says, I don't need to do anything you tell me to do. And it ends kind of in the same place, but now they're just doing it for the right reasons instead of for the wrong reasons. But like, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. It does. It does. It's a fine line. And you know, when it comes to privilege, especially, you know, in certain areas of of the world, and it does feel like it's believable to see it tip into, her being like, Mussolini's not that bad. I had tea with him and he said, everything's going to be fine. (laughs) I think part of the point is, some of those women are able to have tea with Mussolini. Yeah. You know, and that's and, – and the, the the mere fact that Maggie Smith has a problem – and I actually think the best scene in the movie is when the anarchists are breaking the windows and all the rich people just are sitting at their tables discussing it as it's happening. Mm-hmm. You know? Judy just, Dench's husband, by the way. Did really? You know the guy yeah. who, who's the consul. Really? Sits there and talks to all of them, the older guy. Yeah. That was her husband. Yeah. He died like two years after oh, that. Oh, really? Yeah. They were together since – for 30 years. Oh, my God. It's yeah. Like me and you, Phil. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like this bit. <laughs> so I love that scene. I thought that scene was great. And that scene is, you know, kind of a microcosm of what I think does happen in these situations. I always think the whole keep calm and carry on thing is, is very interesting. Mm-hmm. The idea that people go, uh, go about their lives as there are bombs being dropped in their city. That's amazing it's to crazy. me. And then, uh, you know, just to kind of square the circle or close the circle or close this loop, close this loop. Um, the fact that that the Maggie Smith character was able to go have tea with Mussolini and voice her opinions does make this a worthwhile character. It's not just about privileged people. These are about mm-hmm. privileged people with power and privileged people who also had a small but not insignificant part in shaping the history of Europe at that time. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's. I mean, I. I found the scene when she goes to have tea with him fascinating, insofar as that I can't imagine being a person walking into that room, which is clearly the room of a person who is, got issues, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and thinking that this is all fine. You know, it's it's, it's just interesting. I mean, obviously through the lens of where we are now and in history, you got to you obviously like come on. Obviously, this guy was a bad guy, but it was. It is a very sort of interesting – and again, like it's a World War II movie I've never seen before. It's a, it's a version of a World War II movie that I haven't seen before and, and in that respect, I thought it was quite interesting. Uh, I, I thought the passage of time wasn't necessarily all that mm-hmm. well executed. It kind of didn't feel like anything changed and maybe that was intentional. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I just I, – I thought it 
it's got a lot of stuff in it. Like it's it's brimming with ideas. Yeah. Some of them land, some of them don't. But even having her walk into that room with Mussolini and her whole character, especially for the first part of the, part of the movie, being so attached to her late husband's identity yeah. and like yeah. We, and just realizing that these women are probably almost all widows who are like yeah. totally yeah. on their own in a part in a time in history where you didn't really do you know I mean you're not going to remarry so you just spend the rest of your life talking about your dead husband and, and hanging like, out with your friends and yeah. hanging out with your friends in Italy. drinking tea in Italy yeah. like of, of course no one wants to, to go yeah exactly was work out well yeah but. I also found just one of the other random strings that got pulled when I was watching this movie was when he comes back and he goes to see Joan Plowright again. Luca, I'm talking about. Yeah. He goes to see Joan Plowright again and he's like, yeah, they were they tried to teach me at that Nazi school. Yeah. And it's like we kind of knew that he had gone to a Nazi school. Yeah. There was like yeah. no – No one really talked about no that. No one dealt with it afterwards. Yeah. Like how did he retain his independence at a school that was like the English are bad. We're yeah. all Nazis now. How do you feel about it? Well, like, my, my roommate actually <laughs> said that because when they put him on the train, she's like, poor Luca. And I was like, why? She's like, he's going to a Nazi school yeah. in Austria. I was like, all oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't I mean I didn't really put that together. But he just came back and was like, Where's my old English buddies? I mean he really <laughs> like, looked okay. the part. Yes, he did. He probably fit in very nicely. <laughs> but. Yeah. Um so let's talk about Cher for a second. Sure. Let's please. Um what are our favorite Cher performances? Well, I love this, but I also I like I love Moonlighting. Moonstruck. You mean Moonstruck. Moonstruck. Moon, Moonlight, Moonlight. Moonlighting is also That's a good show. Not and Moonlight, okay. also a good movie. That's, none of these are correct. <laughs> Moonstruck? Moon. Moon, yeah. The moon. Uh, Moonstruck is great. Um, Silkwood is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Witches of Eastwick is great. Okay. You don't, Really? You don't, no, it's not, you don't like think, Witches of Eastwick? No, I think it's good. I mean, I keep, I, I keep wanting to say Mask. Sure. Which is kind of like – that was on, for whatever reason, TV a lot when I was a kid. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, huh. It's very powerful. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I mean, Mermaids is great as well. Yeah. She's, I mean, she has a very interesting career. But she had like kind of stopped for yes. years yes. before making this. Yeah. I mean, literally the the last movie she had done pretty much was Mermaids in 90. I mean, she's got a bit part in The Player, barely in that. She's small part in Ready to Wear. Again, she's not really in that. She's in a movie called Faithful. I don't know what that movie is. And then Tea with Mussolini. Tea with Mussolini. So you've got Tea with Mussolini coming right off of Arguably, her her rebirth, if you will, or you know, believe was a huge song. Yes, it was, um, and that puts her right back in the in the ranks of you know the biggest you know musicians out in, in the world. She's in Will and Grace for a couple episodes. Uh, she does burlesque, which I've never seen. Uh, I've seen most of that movie, right? When it's on TV, oh, I hear I hear it's fun. Yeah, of course. Craziness. Yeah, and then uh, she somehow plays Meryl Streep's mother in Mamma Mia Two. And that doesn't that doesn't jive time wise. Have you seen it? I haven't. Seen it. I've, I've been I seen. It. I'm just seen speaking of like Meryl Streep and Cher are not that distant apart in age no. that it actually. But makes it's sense. a prequel. Are they at all? I, I didn't see it, so don't get me wrong. But it, it is a prequel, and then so maybe she's playing herself in, herself in two different time periods. I don't believe that's the case. So okay. is she is she sitting there talking to Meryl Streep like in the same room? Like that's she her does mother? not talk to Meryl Streep. Meryl is not in. Oh, in that in, in the second in the second movie. Oh, at all? At all? Oh, okay. She has. If I'm not mistaken, she has passed away. What? I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's again. Oh, you know, I'm spoiler guys for those who have not seen. I haven't. I haven't seen. Uh, Meryl's not that's in okay. it, uh, and Cher shows up in present day as the grandmother. Got it. And sings Fernando. Great. I mean, yeah. So well, you don't need anything more than that. You don't need to. You I'm know. just saying that. That anyway. Uh, but yeah, 
I just, I find her just very, very watchable, very charming. Yeah, she doesn't, there's, she doesn't seem, and again, it's very interesting because on the Tonight Show last night, she talked about, you know, kind of the trajectory, trajectory of her career and, you know, Sonny sort of turning them into what he turned them into. You know, obviously they were both very talented, but she remembers that he woke her up in the middle of the night and, and brought her to his piano and he played, um, oh my God, what was their big song? Together, I'm with you, babe. I got you. Babe. I got you from Groundhog Day. I'm sorry. I got you, babe. <laughs> anyway, um, and she he sang it for her, and she's like, I don't think it's a very good song. I'm going back to sleep. Oh, there's just something very sort of. She's just I don't know. I, I she's very grounded. She's very real. She's like a real person. Yeah. Even though she is so much larger than life, and that's why when you see her in something like Moonstruck, I don't know. She's just great. Well, that, I, I totally agree with you. She doesn't seem like a real person. She has yeah. one name. She showed up fully formed mm-hmm. out of nowhere. Yeah, you know, as the girlfriend of this somewhat famous guy at the time, yep. uh, who completely outshined him and uh, immediately outshined him, yep. and it is it was always a little weird. Just like it was a little weird to see, it's a little weird to see Madonna playing. Yes, everyday people. Right. It's a little weird to see Cher playing everyday people. Yeah. In this movie, she, I wouldn't really consider Elsa an everyday person. I agree. No. With that. She, yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. She she's a beam. I I think I buy I, I buy Cher more. Like I I don't know that I could see Madonna in a role like Moonstruck. I could. Do you think so? I, I, sure. I mean, okay. I could. It's... I would rather not. <laughs> Fair. She, Fair point. Things... <laughs> like, I think of her in, like, League of Her Own, right? Yes. Sure. You know, like, she still feel like Madonna, doesn't it? Still... A little bit, a little okay. bit. No, for sure. But she's still playing a person in period. Um, but, you know. I know the... what you're saying. Madonna's, I don't, I don't dislike Madonna as an actress. I think, you know, I like Dick Tracy. Um, I think she's great in, um, oh fuck, what's the other one? I can't, uh, it went in my brain and then left. Well, for these supernova pop yes. star people, yeah. um, it is a very long, it's, it's a very wide chasm that they have to cross mm-hmm. to make us believe they can play real people, which is why I think Lady Gaga did such an incredible I was just job. What, what your thoughts were on um, that? You know, I still haven't seen that movie. You haven't seen really? it? Really? No, but I'm a huge fan of Lady Gaga. She did an incredible so, job. And I believe that. I, I, yeah. I, I know. I kind of, well, I didn't see it in the theater. Yeah. And then everyone was talking about it. And so then I was like, okay, I need to hold off and like wait for a for minute. The buzz because to I just die down. To, I just yeah. needed to, like a clear yeah. head. But I, I've, I'm a enormous fan of hers generally. I think I was a little nervous to see this movie because I sure. didn't want it to impact I get nervous my, about seeing movies like that. Like, because I love her and I think that would neg- – I worry that it would negatively impact my opinion of her. Uh-huh. But I understand that it won't. <laughs> and I've heard from enough people that it won't. And I also just – I'm like – I just think she's the shit. So. See, I, I mean I'm not the biggest Lady Gaga fan. Okay. Um, I don't I don't hate her by any means. Um, I, as a pop artist – I, I have sort of lukewarm feelings. There are, mm-hmm. there are songs of hers that I adore, and then there are most of her stuff I kind of just shrug. So I went into this movie with pretty low expectations, and I do think she completely clears it. I mean, she she knocks it out of the park, um, you know. But I have my issues with the movie. We've discussed it, and I, I I'm not going to say them because I don't want to spoil it for you. But I am curious to hear what you think of it when, when cool. you do see yeah. it. But I do agree with you. There is something very sort of making that leap from. Like it's almost – it's not a step backwards, but it's like you have to become smaller. It is like a step backwards. You, okay. Maybe, you're yeah. going from like – you're yeah. going from like God status to human form. It's really <laughs> yeah. Hard, you know? Yeah. And I think that some – I mean I, I would argue that I'm not sure Beyonce has done it yet not in terms of a performance. Beyonce, you know? 
What did, what do you mean? Well, I mean, like, I just she, feel like she, she, she wasn't always queen bee. Right? Yes. Right. So it would be very hard for her to do it now. Like, it's, Oh, to, to come she to could now. do it. I mean, it, it, right. it's possible. But like when she was doing like uh, – the, there was yeah. a movie called – I think it was called The Fighting Temptations. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she was just just out of Destiny's Child or even when she did the third Austin Powers, there wasn't that, that expectation. That was an introducing, wasn't it? I think it was. Austin Powers? I think it was a little different back then. Now it would be a lot harder for her. I mean, well, that's why you feel like trying. Like even in Dreamgirls, where she went back and she, you know, when Dean – I mean, I know that show really – I was in that show a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. But like I – I, you're supposed to sort of believe that that character, Dina, who she was playing, yeah. is actually not the star of the group. Oh. Effie is the star of the group the entire time because she's the voice and she's got the big personality. And Dina gets like formed into the star of the group because she's more traditionally attractive and blah, but she's actually kind of meek and mild mannered. She's not, she's a backup singer huh. who gets like shoved into the front. And I just think. I mean, not a lot of people like to play that show that way anyway. Like they don't – that's what the story is. But a lot of people like are sort of resistant to that because they think they want to play Dina like the sort of sexy, beautiful starlet she is by the end. Right. But like that's not – you actually – you could get to see that person have a journey. But I also think that like – this is probably not going to be a popular opinion, but I'm just going to say it anyway. Hot takes. Um, Like (laughs) watching the new trailer for The Lion King. Uh Uh-huh. And knowing that the moment that lion opens its mouth and sounds like Beyonce, I'm out. Like, I'm, gonna, I'm serious. I'm gonna, I'm worried about myself because I swear to God, as soon as she opens her mouth and she's like, Simba, you gotta, I'm gonna be like, no, I can't, I can't. Cause I just can't. That's, I have, didn't think, I will say, that the new trailer, I was like, there's a glaringly small amount of dialogue in this. You're seeing very few words come out of the mouths right. of these lions. Seems deliberate. Seems deliberate because I'm, I fear it looks weird. I fear that like when Donald Glover's voice comes out of Simba, it's going to be weird. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Um, I didn't really buy it with uh, Chiwetel, quite honestly. I, I mean, Jeremy Irons is Scar. Sure. And I understand why they, they made the choices that they did. But it just doesn't have the gravity. He doesn't have that like – that voice is just so iconic yeah. with that character. So to your point, I don't I don't know if Beyonce's voice comes out of Are they using James Earl Jones? Yes. Yeah. So they're using just James Earl Jones. He is the only, the only person, only person that's yeah. coming. And I also wonder whether or not they used literally the audio of James Earl Jones no. from He did a whole new performance? He, yeah, he did. He re-recorded yeah. it? Okay. Fun fact. Oh, I worked with James Earl Jones. Oh, really? play on Broadway, which was amazing. Yeah. But um, he's the best. <laughs> like, again, he is. the sort of person exactly voice. who you would want him to be. He was oh, like Buddha awesome. who just sits oh, so in his cool. dressing that's room so and lets cool. people come to him. And he's the nicest uh, man ever. And he will. He would – it was a – in the show, a bunch of characters say dirty limericks. And, but he just had a bunch like in his Rolodex. <laughs> so he would just sit Spin there spitting dirty limericks while just sitting on the stage. Like, <laughs> it was amazing. It was the That's most awesome. – What was the show? Uh, it was called You Can't Take It With You. Mm-hmm. I understudied um, Rose Byrne mm. and – some other actors uh, who are also super amazing, but it was really cool. And That's I got to, awesome. I got to actually work with him a bunch because Rose was out a lot. So that was really, That's cool. really cool. But he's the best and he did do, he re-recorded all of it. I That's mean, he's still super hear. active. Mm-hmm. Like he slowed he's down a lot. He's 86, old, right? I think okay. wow. maybe a little older, maybe 87. But when we worked together, he turned 83, like during our show, I think. 
That's awesome. I think the only James Earl Jones performance we have is Fantasia 2000 in 1999. Oh, we already hit it. We already hit it. Is that true? I think it might be. He's spectacular. He's spectacular. It's, it's, yeah, I think that's, I think it's all true and it is interesting to me. How are they going to do the bird? How are they going to do Zazu talking with the beak? Like I saw him, he flies in and the John new Oliver. thing. And it's just, I know, but it's just, like, how is that going to look? That's what I'm nervous about. But I think, I, I, anyway, I agree with you. I think the whole thing, <laughs> It's going to make a billion dollars. Oh, so of course. I'm going to pay. I'm going to see it. I'm excited to see it. But I do I, – to your point though, because Beyonce was supposed to be in A Star is Born. There was a version of it where it yeah, was Beyonce and Bradley Cooper that. directed by Clint Eastwood. And then she falls off and then Clint goes away and obviously we got the movie we got. But I can't help but wonder was that her moment? Like was that the movie that could have actually done – what we're talking about of her coming back to earth because it does take not just talent, but it takes humility to be able to do mm-hmm. that, you know? And that's, and that's, I think that's something that Cher has. It's certainly something that Lady Gaga has shown to have in, in Star is Born. It's something that Madonna from time to time has shown. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's a very good point. What you're saying. Also, does it. she want to do it? Yeah. I don't well, know. Uh, there's just something about like, who knows? Maybe she wants to do. Maybe it's always been something she's pined after, but, pine for but um i don't know i don't know if What's most the- people want to watch her do it either you know i think i think we she's, love yeah. to look at beyonce as beyonce mm-hmm. and we like lo- if she's gonna play a glamorous superstar then we'll be happy to watch that mm-hmm. but i don't know if people want to see her sort of reduced brought down to quote unquote earth. reduced yeah. down yeah brought down to earth and made real because That's every time she tries to do it like even with her documentary and all that stuff mm-hmm. it's sort of like this is yeah. upset. Like, I actually don't want to see this side of you. I love seeing you be a hero and like be the thing that, I mean, I, I don't know if I care that much, but I, I, I wonder, I mean, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate, but I do wonder if, cause lemonade kind of proves that wrong, just in the sense that people did want to go on this sort of somewhat autobiographical journey sure. of her dealing with the complexities and problems of her marriage. In the most glamorous and beautiful in way. In the most glamorous and beautiful. do it. You but, know? but, I mean, I did think that the visuals of Lemonade, the, you know, all of that was incredibly well done yeah. and, and, and incredibly artistic. She does seem like an artist that is, that is doing stuff that no one else is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's her way of letting people in, if that makes yeah. sense. That's you know a know different I mean? thing. Yeah. I mean, if she wants to make yeah. essentially a, you know, album like music video like that, that's yeah. one thing, but that's, that's not doing what Lady, Lady Gaga did, which is putting herself in someone else's hands. Yeah. Which I, I think is like – again, that's not really what we want out of her. I think when you – you know, it's it's not a perfect example, but um, – It takes a different oh, kind of skill, right? Totally. Like, I mean that's – That's absolutely And true. yeah, I mean I, I think about Oprah. Like Oprah came up as an actor and mm. Oprah was an Academy yeah. Award nominee for Color Purple. When Oprah's She's in a movie now, movie. it just feels like there's Oprah. You just yeah. – at some point – it does just feel – and I don't think Lady Gaga ever got here. So, But at some point, it does feel like a person just transcends all of this yeah. Hollywood stuff and becomes a worldwide celebrity. It would yeah. be weird if Jay-Z was in a movie. Yeah. Totally. No, I agree with that. Yeah. I, I think some people – terrible are- if he was in a movie. <laughs> Could you, if he did like yeah. the like the, the roles Puff Daddy does, like like the, like the yeah. comedy roles that he does every once in a while, it would be awful. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting that it is something she wants or that it's something she should do. Um, but what, but I do think she's tremendously talented. And, and when we do get windows into her life, I do find it interesting. I do mm-hmm. find her a compelling figure. And I don't know. 
I, I, I thought that the, that the, whatever transpired between her and Jay-Z felt like it was an opportunity to sort of see her as a human being, I guess. Yeah. For good or for bad. And I do think that Cher does that really well. She I just agree. seems like a real person. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also interesting that this is the first time she's actually saying in a movie. This was in Tea with Mussolini. Wow. That's what, that's, that's up until this point. Really? Yes. Because burlesque, she sings in burlesque, obviously. Yeah, of course. Um, but up until this point, this was the first time that she sang. And she sings very briefly. Very briefly. Yeah. Yeah. But it does, it, it's, I have found it very charming the way she's saying in this movie. Mm-hmm. They don't shine a big bright light on it. They don't make it. It's just, she just kind of, you know, sings a little ditty and then kind of like leaves. I don't know. It just, it was nice for what that's worth. Um, yeah, I, I think that. Uh... It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. She's the, her and Maggie Smith are probably the standouts. Um, I think that Lily Tomlin's quite good in it. But um, I guess we can talk about the plot a little bit and see how that goes because it's a weird thing to kind of describe. But um, so the film opens in 1935 in Florence, Italy. And we have these group of English expatriate women called the Scorpioni. Scorpioni. Yeah. Because they bite you. I guess. That's right. Right? That's yeah, it. Yeah. That makes sense. That's it. Okay. We're good. We're done? <laughs> Hard shelled little angry bugs. <laughs> <laughs> that meet for tea every afternoon. Uh, we meet young Luca, who is this sort of illegitimate son of an Italian businessman who shows very little interest in his son and taking care of him. So his secretary right? Mm-hmm. Mary takes Luca under her wing and sort of folds him into her social circles and the Scorpione help him kind of grow up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they teach Luca lessons about love. I do love the scene where Judy Dench takes Luca to the museum and you see all the, all the, yeah. the sculptures and what have you mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. I mean, and he whether, goes back and he like goes back to art school and that's where he goes to draw the figures and stuff. It's all really nice. Yeah. Like there, there are some really – It's a beautiful movie. It does look great. It looks great. It it yeah. feels – I mean it's all location work it feels mm-hmm. like. I mean it's just it's a really beautiful movie. Um, I don't know about the Luca's father's wife screaming at that him in terrible. the streets, calling him a bastard. Yeah. That was a lot. I remember thinking that was so scary when <laughs> yeah, I saw this yeah, as a kid. That is scary I now. Didn't, I didn't know that that was his wife until this, like when I was watching it as an adult. I was okay. like, who is this scary witch? Just a crazy just woman yelling screaming. bastard at little kids. Yes. Like, who just yeah. shows up with dark eyeliner and is just hissing at him. The town you know? bastardizer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was, it was, I found it very upsetting. Um, but so, now I get it. 
no, I, you know. Yeah, sure. Your husband screws around, wind up with a kid, go yell at the kid. I get it. I, I guess. I don't really get it. It's okay, a horrible cool. thing. To yeah, do. It's a terrible thing. Yes, okay. I just understand. Uh, Elsa, a brash, young, uh, rich American widow who Lady Hester, played by Maggie Smith, hates, barely tolerates, mostly because she's American. Definitely. Right? Yeah. American. I mean, it's basically yeah. it. And that she's very well, glamorous. She's glamorous. She's, yeah. she's rich. It seems like she can kind of buy and sell everybody. She walks into Florence more or less to buy whatever she feels like buying. Totally. She talks yeah. about the Picasso she's trying to get. She is – That seems o- weird. She's an ugly American. It, yeah. It, I get that. Uncultured. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. Just throwing around her money and, yeah. and not yeah. really paying respect to uh, the Italian culture that these English women have kind of yeah. co-opted. That makes sense. I mean, she goes. She I'm goes on a whole. Maggie Smith. It's disgusting the way she treats Americans. But, <laughs> but I share. Just gets really animated about this Picasso. There's a whole. It feels like a five minute scene about her oh, being like, totally. "Where's my Picasso?" And then the guy just capitulates. He's like, "All right, I'll get you the fucking yeah. Picasso." Yeah, that's how I, you get things done. Just bitch, bitch, bitch. That's how the Americans I mean, do that's things. How yeah. we do it, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Um, then we have the scene where Mary and Luca act out the Romeo and Juliet scene, which is really cute. Awesome. And then basically things start to – the war really starts to break out a little bit. We have sort of the fascists that are uh, vandalizing this tea room, I guess. And you definitely – that scene, so you've got like bricks being so thrown are, through the windows. Those are the fascists. Those are the anarchists. They made the point of that because I she – Oh, sorry. I thought that was just Maggie Smith saying it was the anarchists because she didn't understand that the fascists were doing bad things. Maybe you're right. Because I remember – because I do – you know when she – it happens at the beginning. Can you say it's just – Maybe that's I a – that's... Is that wrong? No, I think no, that's totally think right. Might, well, because I, now I think you might be right. It makes it even more her... hilarious that she went to go – Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah you're they, probably right. They probably walk right. her across <laughs> the street in an yeah. earlier scene. Like you see the guys with the little hats and the black yeah. outfits mm-hmm. like – Walk and she's like, oh yeah, thanks. Like these young men are so polite. Like she's got yeah. that sort of like, oh, they're doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah. And then like in the next scene, the people in the same outfits are like throwing shit through the windows. That All right, and that well, I think that's... she misunderstands. She's like, no, 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 that's not the. Those aren't the fascists. The fascists are fine. These are the anarchists. And she's everyone's really like, no, just delusional through this entire. Yes, <laughs> I totally. was too. I'm like, I'm <laughs> fucking anarchists. <laughs> But there's when when those bricks are coming through the windows and you see all these you know rich people, it made me think about the scene in Titanic when the the um, I think it's like Guggenheim is like, when are they going to bring us our drinks? And then just seeing like this massive amount yeah. of water come, like just this idea of what you're willing to turn a blind eye to in order to just sort of perpetuate this lifestyle that you've grown sure, accustomed to. I think that's the story of America right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, that sounds right. Uh, Maggie Smith, as we said, is great in this. Um, she. Goes and meets Mussolini, and this is where the tea with Mussolini comes from. Um, we talked about that scene, but it is it's it's a really weird scene. I'm not really it sure. It's weird. It's weird because I don't know what our takeaway is supposed to be exactly. How much that actor looks like Mussolini? Well, that's a, that is a good takeaway. Yeah. Um, I I wrote down find someone that looks at you the way that Lady Hester looks at Mussolini. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally. That's good because it's yeah. Uh, you just don't really know what. You, you're not supposed to like. You're not supposed to like her in this scene, and yet you are. It's there's a real push and pull going on in. in Who's what the worst in the room? Yeah, <laughs> I just, yeah. it's, it's just it's very strange. <laughs> it's just strange. Um, so then, we, obviously, the political situation continues to deteriorate, um, and our Scorpiones find their status and liberties starting to be 
curtailed a little bit. Um, Luca's father decides to send him away to uh, an Austrian boarding school. And then we – Because t- the future is Germany. The future is Germany. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, or so the father thinks. Yeah. Uh, and then we jump five years, which you don't really feel. It's like they just kind of like right. plop in a new actor and everything's kind of basically the same. Nothing really looks all that different. No, they don't have the iPhone yet. Nothing like that. They don't that. have the iPhone yet. There's very little technological advancements. The the titles are very weird in this movie. They come at you. They come at you like you're in an action movie. <laughs> and there's movie. a lot so of weird. them. A like lot. Yeah. when those years yeah. pass, it's like 1941, yeah. 42, yeah. 43. It's the most sort of – jarring thing totally there's there is some jarring camera work from time to time when they're in the museum there's like a lot of these like kind of crash zooms that they do from time to time but for the most part it's it's a pretty languid movie yeah except for these cryons that like punch you in the face for some reason yeah. i don't know why. with art <laughs> which is one of the yeah. when, like, like art when they go dates. to um to uh share's house yeah and they're in that unbelievable room that she has that's yeah. just filled with art. Yeah. And it's so cool. But that's when they do yeah, that a they lot. They do a lot of like, the- ah, 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 yeah. Picasso. <laughs> but, but it like, takes you out of it, unfortunately. Like, it's like, it's like just- you kind of just want to like look at the art. You don't yeah. need it to be like literally shoved in your face. But Right. Uh, so very then, American. very American. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been the American producer on like the project. The, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I know. <laughs> but can we get a little more pop with these cryos? You know, boom, right in the face. So there's like mafia people that yeah, are working on No, they're the, the, they're the entourage producers. Hey, you, of course they're mafia people. <laughs> it's like our analyze this episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so then, um, Luca returns to Florence with the intention of using Elsa's trust fund to study art. He finds, uh, that most British nationals are fleeing the country, anticipating Mussolini's declaration of war on Britain. Uh, Mary has moved in with Lady Hester and the other English holdouts. And they're sort of now, where, they're living where exactly at this point? This is when they get put in like their weird little- See, I think that's later. They're living together, I think. It's like a- Oh, before, oh, before they get transferred they, they to get like transferred. outside of Tuscany. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that part's super weird. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah, but okay. they're living just, I think, in one of their houses at this point. Okay. Um, and then yeah. uh, Luca arrives at the house um, and meets Hester's ineffectual grandson, Wilfred. Right. Who's great. Ineffectual. That's, I mean, that's, that's Wikipedia for you. But like, I liked the Wilfred arc. Me too. But I don't know how. It feels a little problematic now. Maybe I'm just being overly sensitive. But like well, – Elaborate. The- <laughs> Defend your point. Wait, just – I couldn't help but wonder like what they were – they're playing it for a joke, right? I don't think so. You don't think so? Him no. dressing up? As a woman. Right. Because they dress him as a woman when they get shipped off in the bus. Right. That's when he first dresses up. like, And that's definitely as a joke. No, it's as a, it's as a disguise. I know it's as a disguise, but it's a joke for the audience. I don't uh- – it's it there it can be both things. So okay. it, the movie all right, it was obviously as a disguise, that's how you're gonna get him out of there without having, you know, having him I get that, yeah. I, I don't know whether it was gonna happen if he was gonna get Well he was gonna get, he was gonna d- get drafted, right? Like he would have to be knows? put in the yeah. like deported right. and put it's in the It's a British serious Army. circumstance that is leading to them dressing him up. Drag <laughs> has been played for laughs for centuries. Now, I don't think that the term problematic in this situation is 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 accurately deployed. Okay. 
No, I don't. I, and I that's think, fair. I, I, I know. Because I, 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 I don't think that the, the situation, the, the situation in which he had to be put into this disguise was very organic. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't really know the jokes that they were playing outside of the natural jokes you would get from a from a boy uh-huh. man, a person in his – I think he was 22 uh, in that situation while there were two male guards watching over them at all times. I, and I think they played it out in a, in a very interesting way. Well, the only person who in my – other than the guards, I think – I always thought they were actually hitting on – I Lucy did too because because yeah. she was kind of a beautiful girl. Yeah. Um, but uh, that uh, Lily Tomlin is yes. like the only person who continue is like continuing That's to jab true. at him. Yeah. yeah, and that because she's so like plays so sort of masculine in the movie, it it sort of worked for me. Yeah. Because even getting him up to dance with him and doing all that, I like, like that. I, mean, I thought that scene was fun. That was all I, really kind of sweet, almost. I think that's. <laughs> I agree with you completely, Barrett. That didn't feel like a joke on the character or a joke on the situation. It felt like a Lily Tomlin was bringing him into the fold in a situation where he was very uncomfortable for obvious reasons. That's and then fair. dance with like the light, the lady he liked. You know, yeah. got him to dance with Cher. <laughs> yeah. He was all excited. I don't think they're making fun of him, just to be clear. Right. But there is something he does feel trapped, and he does feel like. I don't know. There's some, it, it. It is. It's interesting. Right. I'm just not sure. I totally know what they're totally getting at. There's just a part of me that feels like he wants to kind of get a joke out of it up top, and then. But it's fine. I I I I liked the character. I thought the actor was great. Um, I liked you know where he ends up. I mm-hmm. thought it was very interesting. The actualization of of all of that. I thought that was great. I thought it was a fairly interesting comment on what parents will do. Two or four yeah. of their kids in these situations, mm-hmm. the kid having no agency in the situation and, mm-hmm. what, and what he does when he kind of earns this agency or demands this agency in the situation. Yeah. And because he was so trapped, uh, he broke out and kind of lost his mind. And I I understand that. I think that was I, – th- I thought that was a pretty good mini arc um, throughout the movie. For I agree with that. Um, so they're transported. They're rounded up and put on a transport truck, which takes them to a nearby Tuscan town of San Gimenango. Perfect. Sure. <laughs> um, not really sure about the jaunty music on this journey. Lots it, of jaunty music. A lot of like, jaunty music that feels antithetical to the tone of what is happening. These true. people are being shipped to basically a barracks. And it's like very just happy-go-lucky music. Yeah. I, it's odd. Uh, and then they get to this this broke down palace situation where they're living. <laughs> um, again, you just I, I just wasn't sure what I was supposed to be feeling. Right? Am I supposed to be scared for them? Are they? Am I supposed to just feel like this is all fine? I don't know. I didn't know what the like. What? Yeah, were they waiting for something to happen? Were they being transported there before know. they could get shipped back to England? Yeah, because they clearly didn't want to go. But nope. the Italians wanted them to go. And the guards are pretty like Don't noncommittal. Yeah. The guards are like just like so, hitting on yeah. the on Lucy. reporter yeah. and Lucy yeah. and like just kind of chilling. Yeah, so That's is- another thing. What's with the reporter? I don't know. That was a weird kind of <laughs> She was so weird. I mean. What was going – That didn't make a lot of sense. The whole fucking movie. <laughs> she, was, she was literally – I think she was the first person introduced in the movie, right? At, at the, yeah. At the like, funeral. Right. Yeah. At, I thought I thought there was – at the end I was like, oh, yeah. well, surely this woman's going to write a book, right? And we'll understand – nothing. Write, or write an nothing. article and break them out. Nothing. Or, yeah, that was not true. Instead, it just turns out she was sleeping with everyone and that was yeah. a big burn. <laughs> 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 
to lay on her at the end of the movie. It was like, oh, See, that's more problematic. <laughs> that's so <laughs> weird. The whole thing is very strange. I feel you're making really good points about like how we're supposed to feel. And like when watching this movie, I almost – it's not that I didn't care. I would prefer <laughs> always yeah. identifying with characters sure. um, and feeling one way or another throughout their journey. The reason I think this movie was valuable was because I believed it happened, even if I didn't have a good reason within the context of the movie as to why it happened. Mm-hmm. And it was something I had never seen before. It, sure. So I get you. And I didn't give it a great grade because of this, but I think that – I think there's so much value in watching this and in, in kind of learning about and seeing this story that it's its flaws, which are you know multitude. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I feel, little, I feel little, very similarly. Yeah. Because I do feel as though – and again, like me saying, like I don't know how I'm supposed to feel here, isn't necessarily a bad thing. And okay. I, I don't, I, and I don't say that because I, I, I sometimes there's a lot of handholding going on in movies, and it's telling you what to feel rather than just allowing you to sort of go along. Now, again, I don't necessarily feel that this is that type of film. There's a part of me that feels like this film could stand to have a little bit more handholding in order for it to be as emotionally resonant. Mm-hmm. But at the same time. You know, it is what it is. Um, so the United States is not in the war. So Elsa uh, and her American compatriot, Georgie, played by Lily Tomlin, um, remain free. Right. Which is sort of strange. Uh, but it, it is what it is. Elsa uses Luca to – del- no, that, that, that speaks to the point of people with power, right? Right. And wealth so, and, and like, wealth. you know, right. so status if, as Americans. If they were in in some way or another detained – I mean the whole World War World War – one was started because a nobleman was, was killed. Yeah, yeah. So um, if they were detained or, or hurt or harmed or imprisoned one way or another, that would get back to America and that would be a potential – who knows the, the the spiraling effect of that? So cascading effect of that. So I understand. Sure. Uh, Elsa uses Luca to deliver forged orders and funds to have the ladies moved from their distressed barracks-like quarters to an upper-class hotel. Um, believing that Mussolini is the one paying for the hotel, Maggie Smith goes with them. But only because she's deluding herself to thinking that he's paying for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, as the but war- she also didn't want to live in those barracks anymore. She didn't, well, but she no, no. But they had a great time in that. You don't have they were by the way. They were partying hard. They were having a really good time. That didn't seem. I mean, it is what it is. Well, it's what you make of it. When you're with your best friend, it doesn't matter where you are, right? Yeah. Right. Barracks or not, totally. I mean, no one else seemed friends. to have that much of a problem with it. Yeah. They really didn't. No. Uh, either way, they moved to this nice hotel. Uh, as the war progresses, the oppression of the Jews increases and uh, Elsa, who is Jewish and protected by her citizenship and wealth to a certain degree, um, provides a group of Italian Jews with fake passports. Again, an interesting story that's just sort of – just one of a bunch of stories that happened in this movie. Like that in and of itself could have been – they could have made more of a meal out of that. Yeah. And then it just sort of – they kind of just – All right. Here's a question. Sure. Yeah, please. I don't know anything about Zeffirelli. <laughs> Do you think this part really happened? Uh, like know. him delivering do you think passports that, and stuff it's it's a shitty thing for me to say but I'll say it anyway uh-huh it doesn't it, it seems like the story demanded something that had a little more gravitas mm-hmm. than english women looking for a place to live during the war and linking it so directly to the holocaust Mm-hmm. Through this share character, made the whole thing made the gave a resonance, gave it tons yeah. of gravitas, and and it actually you know it made, to me it made mm-hmm. it a better movie. So I don't begrudge it for doing it. Yeah, I wonder if it actually happened. I mean, 
I just just to read one other quick thing. Ebert opens his review by saying, "How accurate T with Mussolini is, I cannot say, but it is based on the autobiography of the film director Franco Zeffirelli, who directed and co-wrote it, so we can be sure it is true to what he remembers or wants to remember." Mm. So I do think that there is something to be said for um, selective memory, perhaps, or or maybe even embellishment to your sure. point. Sure, yeah. So I, I I think that there's something to that. Ebert well, got is there it first. Safe to believe? <laughs> is it safe to believe that the Elsa character in his life? Was Jewish. That doesn't seem like a stretch to me. I mean, just just based on you know the time period. So I don't know. We I, I haven't read the book, so I, I don't know. But I do think that Kenny makes an interesting point, which is it does it does give the film uh, uh, a heft and a ballast, urgency and an urgency that um, stakes that it yeah. otherwise doesn't have. I mean, this woman's yeah. going to die. So yeah. and it, it and she's our favorite character. So yes. I mean, right. It does give the film a drive to your point, especially because at this point we're we're about the hour point. At the, so it does feel like the movie is trying to kind of push you through its its final hour. So there is something to be said for it. Does help in that regard. I think that's I think that helps. What about her mustache twiddling? Yeah, what's that guy all about? Boyfriend lawyer. The, he's the most Boyfriend mustache. <laughs> That's what he is, right? Vittorio? Vittorio. Yeah. With the thinnest oh, yeah. mustache and handsomest face. not trustworthy. You ever seen a guy with more bad news written all over his oh face? Oh, my God. So He's like the moments. most handsome rat in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, like Snidely really Whiplash. Is. He is like Snidely. There's a lot of moments of him just like just Stand. looking off into the distance while drinking and just Smoking. hatching a fucking plan. Totally. Uh, don't trust him. I'll tell you, Zephyr really has no love for the Italians. <laughs> I mean, yeah, really? well, at least not Mussolini. They're all bad guys. Yeah. All this, the dad, the only, yeah, the dad's a the dad's a garbage man. They're all really of a handsome and really mean. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Guys. They have yeah. a good look. The Italians, they, they do. do. They, they do. do. Um, so then the United States enters the war, and I do think it's interesting that my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> My favorite part of the movie, which I truly believe, is that they all started cheering and dancing they did. when the United States entered the war. And you, so did you. Like a true American, <laughs> Kenny's favorite part of the movie. I'm like, now we're going to win because we're here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Jesus. Oh, now we're going to come in and win the whole fucking thing. So, yeah, all right. Everything's fine. I mean, Woo. I make a joke, but that's obviously what was happening. Well, they were very, very happy when the Americans came into the war. And I imagine – but, you know, it is I mean, interesting. Don't get, don't get yeah. me wrong. Yeah. It took us long enough. But go ahead. Well, it took it, – it's interesting too because they're happy they've come into the war and that's obviously – but the circumstances under which they come into the war is obviously pretty tragic. Right. And that's sort of kind of brushed Back away, right which is interesting. Um but uh, – so Elsa falls for Vittorio's scheme to embezzle her art collection and money, which would deliver to the German Gestapo in a phony escape to Switzerland. Uh, Luca is aware of the deception but does not tell anyone out of jealousy, uh, jealous spite against Elsa. This stuff is is muddy. I didn't really I get a lot of this when this was actually transpiring. It, it all felt – I didn't really understand his plan. He – and I mean – I knew the guy was full of shit. And I knew he was bad news. Yeah, totally. I just wasn't really sure how he was screwing her over. I wasn't really sure how Luca had the information. Exactly. Right. And then when he's yelled at later for not relaying that information, I was like, I didn't really understand that information. Right. Let's unblame Luca. But um, 
so then they have this costume party where they all wear Elsa's clothes, which is part. adorable, mm-hmm. and everyone's having a great time. But that um, was the other thing. Whose parties are they getting invited to when they're living in a bunch of barracks? <laughs> I don't, and, I don't like, know. They're just, but they get so excited they get and so they excited. show up and all yeah. the old ladies put on like sparkly yeah. outfits and it's awesome. And it's just like, and it's all dance. jazz hands and flappers totally. and it's just, I don't know. Yeah, it's cute. I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I would like to go to that party, so. It know. looks like a fun party, although Elsa's just sitting in a room crying. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so I, it's a I, bit I, of a bummer. I don't go to any party, but... <laughs> I'm, I'm anti parties, but um, that does look like a fun party. It looked, it looked great. Time. Except, yeah. yeah, Elsa was in her room crying. She was just crying. Well, just why, like, why? Like that's my thing. Is why was she in her room crying if she didn't know? Like I thought this whole I think she second have, half of the plot was gets, based on the fact that she didn't understand that this guy was pulling one over on her. But then, yeah, or maybe it was just she didn't want to le- go back to America. I couldn't figure out why I feel like he ditched her. Am I crazy that at this point it felt like she knew that he ditched her? I don't know. I mean, I, well, I thought it was – well, maybe I totally got lost. I thought it was because she was Jewish and because now that America was in the war, she was in danger. Why would the America coming into the war make it more – make her more in danger? Because if she was treated but like an enemy now, she, oh. Oh. she could be – It's unclear. Long story short, not really sure why Cher is in her room crying. Not sure. But she looked she great is. doing she it. She looked great and doing, she it. Was doing and, it. And it did feel like at this point of production, Cher spent a lot of time on in that bedroom. Mm-hmm. Like I think there's a swath of about 20 minutes to a half hour shoot of this her out. movie. Shoot her out. Shoot her out. Put her in there. <laughs> we'll just leave her, her there be for a couple of days and we'll get <laughs> just, her done and she I'm can just go saying, do I don't know. another movie. Uh, or possibly, yeah. Or, uh, then we get the Wilfred flipping out at the soldiers, tearing off all his clothes, saying that he's a man. Um, Mary learns – now, so yeah. I, I like yeah. that whole sequence. I didn't love how he runs out and then the good guys are there. Well, yeah. Suddenly, how magically, Luke is very fortuitous. There. Yes, <laughs> they're like Wilfred. Yeah, man. Yeah. it felt like a plan. It yeah. felt like We've he been was waiting like here for months. Yeah, to flip out and join the resistance. Yeah, but. I felt like the actor who played. Wilfred had a bit of an Andrew Garfield vibe. Totally. Right? Yeah. When he yeah. showed up with his stubble and his little yeah. beanie on at yeah. the end, I was like, Damn, I was like yeah, Wilfred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My little 12 year old son was like, All right, Wilfred. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> There's a lot of hats in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. The hat game is strong. Very Lucas strong. got a lot of hats. Was, Everyone's yeah. a lot of breeches. Great. A lot of breeches. Great time for hats. Oh, the breeches look amazing. Yeah. I mean, Elsa's got some hats. Oh, I mean, outfits. everyone's got some hats. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the costumes in this movie, yeah. like the fact that Judy Dench is just wearing like a, <laughs> like a girl with the pearl yeah. earring outfit the entire, the entire time. time. <laughs> I've never found Judy Dench to be the most attractive. She looks hot in this movie. She's yeah. so beautiful. Well, I think like she is beautiful, but yeah, movie, she is. Right? She's just like, like yeah. silver she's like, hair, yeah. just like kind of like around and her, her face. And well, she's very like, bohemian in this movie. She's <laughs> always playing. She's always playing so buttoned up and yeah. like yeah. uh, marmish. And like she is that a bad word? No, I just I just never found her that way. Well, because I feel like she's to me at least, even when she was playing Queen Elizabeth, she just never really is that glamorous. She's always like a a non glamorous uh, foil to Helen Mirren's glamour. Sure, sure. And she looks so hot and cool in this movie. I would like to see more of this Judy Dench, but she's well. You have to go back and watch some of her old Shakespeare stuff because she was like the Shakespeare babe. Really? Yeah, she was like the hot one. Let's see. 
So of all of the, I that's why the in, in Tea with the Dames, that's sort of what they sort they joke about so much is that not only does she get all the jobs, but like, so like Maggie Smith too. is always just like totally that's what you amazing. want Maggie Smith to do, which is what she does in this movie. She just uh. throws jabs, but they've known each other for so long that they like, you can tell they love each other. It's just like, whatever. But um, yeah, Judy Dench was, I mean, she still is, I think so beautiful, but she, like when she was young, she was like the hottie. Who did all the sexy roles because she really? was such a babe. She's – I mean t- I, I fully agree with you, Kenny, that in this – She, she kind of has like a British Audrey Hepburn vibe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I see it. She, It is she's interesting because like, like she she did get into a lane, it feels like, where she's just very – she's your grandmother. Like that's just kind of – she's your British grandmother and she plays those roles. Yeah. I mean M is obviously M, very much in yes, that, in that sort of – so it, it, I agree. It would be nice to see her. She's very, yeah, very severe. It's like, did you ever see Notes on a Scandal? Love that yes, movie. Love great movie. She's fucking great in that movie. Yeah. Awesome. She, like that's her. Yes. The most severe. Um, but she's great in it. Uh, so yeah. So now Elsa still refuses to believe that Vittorio betrayed her and is ultimately convinced only when Lady Hester comes into her room. This is their big scene mm-hmm. where basically Maggie Smith is like, stop being an idiot. I've, I've been an idiot too. I had no idea that you were doing all of this. Um, and they really kind of, you know, they, they, they mend, they, you know, mend fences and all that. It's, I think it's a, it's, it's a great scene, mm-hmm. um, because it, it feels like one of the few scenes in this movie that had a directive, like this scene, these two people have to figure it out because otherwise the movie's very kind of, you know, ambiguous, I guess you just don't really know. It's very amorphous. Whereas this scene to me, it's just like I'm watching him like this is a scene I understand that these two people have sure. opposing views. And at the end of this, they need to be on the same page and they need to both leave the scene. And it's just two fucking great actors just yeah. being great in a scene together. I, I really, really sort like of, it. That, that's sort of – I mean I feel the same. I almost wish now that there had been more um, – I guess almost a more direct parallel between those two characters up until this moment because it feels like this was also the moment where it was like, cry feminism and let's all like fuck these guys and like we'll do it ourselves and we'll hold down the fort and like keep the city protected and blah, blah, blah. And all these old ladies are suddenly like chaining themselves to buildings and stuff. And it's awesome. It's awesome. But like I felt like I almost – because she has that line about how we both believed men who turned out to be liars or whatever Maggie Smith says. It's like – the that's yeah that's what happened and you've got this young man who these well if you count wilfred too and cl- with luca like <laughs> yeah. like watching these women sort of come into their own in a way and stop depending on other people and it, i felt like that could have been a more like a stronger line through the movie somewhere Definitely. and that might have given the weight that that scene deserved. I agree. The weight that it. You well, know. you almost feel like, and this is a strange parallel, but they, they don't have a lot of scenes together in this movie. No, they kind of no. bump up against each other a little bit. Well, they, they, they talk have, about they each like other. A yes. Cold War. Yeah. And it would be nice if this war was a little hotter going into that mm. scene. I, I fully agree. It's and this may be a ridiculous movie to compare it to, but in the movie Heat, <laughs> where you have Al Pacino and De Niro are just on parallel tracks with one another. They have two scenes together, essentially, which is the scene, obviously, in the diner together and then the scene at the end. But it had a sort of similar trajectory, which is that these are the two sort of – these are the two main characters of this movie, or at least the most opposing figures in this film. They come together for this one scene, and then they kind of break apart again. But to your point, if it had gone hotter into this scene, I think it might have been an even better scene. And I still think it's – I think it's I still great, think it's yeah. one of the best scenes in the movie. It's, it is great. Yeah. It is. It's a decision. And yeah. like – that's. So much of this movie feels like 
decisions were made. They may not have been the decisions that I wanted or the decisions that felt right to me. Yeah. But I do think that it still works. I think that there's value in these women probably would not have had a big public blow up. You know, that's not what they're like. Yeah. So if they had, maybe it would have made that scene more powerful. Powerful. But I I think, again, like this is just, I believed it. I believe it happened. I believe it happened like this, or things like this happened like this. And I, you know, there's value in that. I I agree. And I I think within the context of this film, this is not a particularly. I don't know. It's it's not that dramatic a movie, if I, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just you know what I mean. It's at a simmer for <laughs> it most might be of this the film. Least dramatic World War II movie. <laughs> yeah. ever seen. I mean, the war footage is from another film. All the all the oh, war sure, stuff yeah. is from a bridge too far. A, bi- oh, a bridge, a uh, bridge too far. A bridge too far. It doesn't matter. A war film from World War Two. Uh, a World War Two film. So they just literally used other footage. So this movie is just not. You know. But you know what? One thing this conversation is kind of enlightening for me mm-hmm. i do understand why this was rewatched a lot i, I think that there are new there, there's nuance in this movie subtlety that you don't pick up right away and there's a richness to it that yep. i don't think i really realized going into this conversation too so as i made that you know kind of glib joke in the beginning i'm going to take it back oh sorry about my glib my, <laughs> no, my little glib joke. No, I, th- I, I think there's- i get it I, I i do get it i can see that this i could see why this would get put on in the background or almost in, in a comfort food kind of way. Yeah. I'm, I, I similarly was on the same page as you and I do feel like had, through the discussion of this, my score's definitely gone up mm-hmm. or my rating has definitely gone up just in terms of – I think that it's just – and we've had this with many of the films that we've done where you sit down in front of this film and you're expecting one thing right. and then you sit there and you're like, OK, is, is it over? And then it's over and you're like, yeah, OK, that was kind of what I expected it was going to be or something to that effect. Um, and you just don't you don't really let yourself engage with it, if that makes any sense, or you have a preconceived notion coming into it, and it doesn't really. Well, we have so many movies yeah. to watch too that sometimes yes. it does feel like we're watching his homework, and then mm. the conversation yeah. is when the movie really comes to life. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, um, so at this point, Elsa consents to this escape plan that they've hatched for her, Mary, Luca, and Wilfred, and before she departs, Elsa tells Luca about how she helped his mom. Not have an abortion is basically what it Boom. was. <laughs> <laughs> and totally thank God I did that because if I didn't, you wouldn't be here to help me right yeah. now. Yeah. It's a very strange scene. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what exactly. I mean, he kind of ends like, that uh... scene looking shook too. He's like just sitting there. <laughs> like, well... And she gets in the boat and goes yeah. and he's just stuck like yeah. – Oh my god! She drops this bomb on him, and then you just hear like the sound of the boat. Yeah, just and you're she's like, just like sitting there in a cloak, yeah. staring at him, and he's like, what? Like, "Shit, what? what now?" Yeah, she really leaves him with an existential to debate. The yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a strange scene, and it's it's directed like a really touching scene. Like it's supposed to be a yeah. really beautiful like moment where she lets him in on something. Mm-hmm. We're just like, what? What was your motivation, Elsa? What are we doing here? Like, he didn't need to know that. He didn't need to know that his mom almost thought about having an abortion. Well, man, maybe if you would have told him this sooner, he wouldn't have spent the last eight years loving you. <laughs> like, wishing that you yeah. were, like, Falling hopelessly lady. in love with you. Like, yeah. That's, even, yeah. It was just weird. It was weird. It's that a weird, weird scene. It's a weird scene. Uh, so now we're in July of 44 as the titles are thrown Boom. at us. <laughs> um, and the British Army advances towards 
whatever the name of the city is. Uh, Arabella frantically defends her beloved frescoes from demolition by the German troops and is heroically joined in the line of fire by Georgie and the English women, including Lady Hester. And it's this, the scene that you were referring to where it's just, they just seem like fucking badasses. Now they're just like ready to literally go down with the ship. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and now, now you're like fully on board with Lady Hester. This totally. is the thing too. Like that, I mean, leave it to Maggie Smith to somehow start the movie with you just being like, oh my God, enough. And then by the end, you're just fully on board with her. It's crazy. You're just in love with her. Yeah. You're just like, you had That's tea with Mussolini. Every fucking time. <laughs> every fucking time. Yeah. You're like, you had tea with Mussolini and you seemed fine with this How dude. about that scene though? God, I love it so much. It's before she has her reckoning, but it's when they first get to their weird barracks and then the Italian soldiers let them in and then they want their – She's like, oh, no, no, no. Oh, it's great. You're going to say goodnight to us. <laughs> good night. And she yeah. just coaches them. Good, to say good night, ladies. Night, ladies. Yeah. It's great. It's great. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, this is why that kind of character, you just know by the end of it, you're going to be like, yeah, tell them what for. Like, just <laughs> She's make awesome. them say good night, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> she has two Oscars. I had oh, no idea that Maggie Smith had two Oscars. When did Oscars. she win her Oscars? Oh, my, I, I, Quite a while ago. I'll look it up. Yeah, look them up. They're both performances, one of which is – I believe it's uh, California Suite, which is a 70s movie. The Altman movie? I think so. No, that's California Split. Maybe that's what it was then. Let me look it up. Anyway, sorry. She's won two Oscars, one for Best Actress, one for Best Supporting Actress, and has been nominated several times. Um, I mean, I know Maggie Smith is the shit. I just didn't know that she had two Oscars to her name. She's the I'm shit. Sure they're, I'm sure they're like, I don't know, in a basement somewhere, and she mm. could – give two fucks about them uh she doesn't they none, none of them watch their own work i'm sure they don't i mean uh, not only because they're like theater actors and right. they're like why would i do that yeah but they like they just i mean and i can't say the same thing as a theater actor sure. but like it, i find it really admirable that they all talk about their like awards or like their films that people worship and love and think are so great and they're like oh did i do that oh. <laughs> like you know it's totally... funny as you, as you said that something occurred to me that's going to sound incredibly stupid but i'm going to say it anyway um so i know that there are a lot of actors that don't watch their work in television or movies mm-hmm. because they just don't want to see the see themselves but there's a lot that do because they want to learn from their performances mm-hmm. and they want to see what they look like and they want to make it better mm-hmm. but i it just occurred to me you can't do that in theater. No. You, there's no way of seeing yourself in theater other than someone filming it and filming a theatrical performance is generally not a great idea. It's Yeah, it's hard. It's, they it's, do it for Lincoln Center. Um, okay. Lincoln Center, they pick their shows every season. It's kind of a – It's like a, not a competition but it kind of is because yeah. there are some shows they'll record for posterity for Lincoln Center. And you can go – if you are in school or something, you can go and you can watch it once. Like mm-hmm. in you have to sit there and watch it in their like screening room. And it's cool. And like – that's interesting. It's it's pretty standard, you know. I mean, I think they, they have a couple cameras and they do, you know. But it's, it's just not like theater is not. Again, I'm not saying anything mm-hmm. that you don't already it's know. But to. it's it's not it's not meant to be filmed, right. right? Like it's it's a medium that's supposed to be obviously enjoyed live, yeah. and it is. It's interesting because I just I saw well I've seen I've seen two plays recently. Humble brag. Nice. Um, one of them was Cats. Um, you the did other. Go see Cats. Oh, I saw Cats. We, I saw yes, Cats. Lovely. Yeah. We're gonna talk about Cats because I'm 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 very interested to hear your never thoughts on cats. cats. You've never seen Cats. Never seen Cats. Should probably keep it have that you, way. Have you heard Cats? Some of it. Right. Are you gonna see the Cats movie? God, I suppose I have to. Judy Dench yeah. is in it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, She's I know. Um, yeah. I. I don't know. I'm already so 
Oh, yeah. I'm so alarmed by what they're going to do gonna with be great. these cats. And I can't wait to see it. But we went to see it. Our our, our writing uh, writing staff went to see Cats. Which is hilarious. Um, and then I saw Burn This when, when we were in New York recently. Um, we recorded some episodes, which we're very excited to, to drop in the next couple of weeks. But um, May have already dropped. Probably. <laughs> Touche. Um, but when I sat down to watch Burn This it, it and it started, you have to recalibrate yourself as a viewer to to watch theater as opposed to watching a movie um it's a drastically different experience you can't look at your phone uh yeah you should keep repeating that louder for the people in the back uh people do it oh my god and we can all see you like that's what is so fucked up that's really gross can see we had people with tablets out like and you're just i mean it's a bright shining light that's they think because there's lights on us we but it's totally dark uh, out there, okay. and you well, can, those people you should can be taken. Some, out of the oh, theater, it's awful! Obviously. We had a guy in a like a bike vest that was reflective. <laughs> Stop once, it! And I was That's like, great. like, it's, like a, it's like a beacon uh, in the audience because it's the light is bouncing off the stage uh, and back onto them, and it was picking up, amazing. and it was so crazy. Anyway, that's amazing. Side, side. But, but yes, you but do. What's interesting about it is I, I'm a very sort of. Um, I don't know, empathetic viewer in the sense that like, I can't watch figure skating because I'm just afraid they're going to fall all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when you're watching live theater, you just, there's no filter, right? Like you are watching this performance happen in front of you and it could either go really well or it could go really poorly. And you just don't know what you're, it's just a very different experience. Well, that's the fun part. I love that. I love it too. I'm just, it's, but the reason I love it is because at least actors of your caliber, Broadway actors, but I see, I, as you know, I see regional plays all the time and regional musicals. Just saw one recently. Uh, Rollins literally went and saw that me a couple nights ago. Again? Yeah. I mean like – Little Shop Horrors. Oh, amazing. It's the best. Um, <laughs> it, at least the ones I see around LA or Broadway or whatever, they always nail it and it's awesome. Like the thing is <laughs> – that's what I mean. Like yeah. like the, the, the degree of difficulty is so high Yeah, and they always nail it and it's a great feeling for the audience – to see these people pull it off at that at that level, I will say this though. Um, before I went to see Burn This, I, I watched uh, Carrie Russell was on uh, Colbert, mm. and she talked about the, doing the play, and she's never done theater before. So um, when the play opened, immediately, I mean, there is a stilted nature to theater, right? Like it's not it's not supposed to necessarily be organic. Do you know what I'm sort of getting yeah. at? Like there's something yeah. very sort of you know stilted about it. And at first, I couldn't watch her like she just there was something about the way she was delivering her lines that i just couldn't sort of jive with and it only took like two or three lines before i was completely locked in and it was fine but to your point i had this horrible dread that she wasn't going to be good because she had never done theater before and she ultimately was fantastic in it but how close were you sitting uh, I was, I mean, I was second row of the, of the, of the fr- mez or of the, balcony or yeah, the middle oh, one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it was pretty, pretty close. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just, it was a very, I don't know. There's something very, uh, visceral about watching theater in a completely different way to watching movies, obviously. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know how we got here, but it's, uh, theater, you know, theater's great. Yeah. Do you know, do you know where we got Something here? about film performances, actors watching back their performances. Oh, that's, oh, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. So, um, just to wrap this up, basically the Scots arrive. Luke is now serving as a, a commandant's Italian interpreter. Um, and they evacuate the Scorpioni. I it was interesting the way they just took him on. Yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah. you just 
take him on? <laughs> Like, what if what I don't know maybe what if Luke he's, is just what if he's yelling into the yeah. thing going yeah. are you British are you American <laughs> like, yeah. just, I don't know it's yeah. they could have said anything I know I think that Scott's got lucky that he was one of yeah, yeah the no one I who would agree but. I would agree uh, Mary's delighted to see that Luke is now in British uniform <laughs> um, he's become the English gentleman that his father wished him to become I don't think that's true that for a couple just weeks. Call back, father right? sucks yeah. Anyway, uh, and yeah, then we got bombed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't see him again. That's it's yeah. possible. Let's assume we did. And then we get some. We get some closing texts where they explain that everybody had a, a happy life and everything and worked out. And some closing just snark fine. from Maggie Smith yeah. to the Scottish guy. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, great the way it should course. be. Um, and um, yeah, and that's basically it. Uh, before we, we I'm, do yeah, our, I'm so I'm real truly. Before we do anything else, yeah, truly surprised. The, the 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 smile on my face after this two movies <laughs> lady podcast. Yeah. I didn't think I would enjoy this pod. Not nothing against you, Barry. No, no. Thanks. I didn't think I would enjoy talking about this movie quite as yeah. much as I did. I think it. Uh, I think it was a great podcast. Oh, I, I I had a similar feeling. I was like, I'm not sure how. I don't know how. How much can we talk about? And this? I've been so fucked up lately. <laughs> so like, yeah. Yeah. Who yeah. knows what's gonna Who happen? Honestly, that? after rewatching, I was a little nervous because I haven't seen this movie since I was like 13 and totally didn't understand it the first time I watched. It. I mean, I knew basically yeah, yeah. what was going yeah. on, but it was mostly about just marveling at like how cool these old ladies are uh-huh. in real life, not like yeah. you know. And they are the, the, still, yeah, yeah, still. Yeah. Well, um, so I was nervous too, but I've found this very. Yeah, enjoyable. I thought it, I thought it was. I, it really the movie's esteem has definitely grown over the course of this. But while we have you, before we do the rating, I just okay. want to ask you favorite mu- movie musical. Oh god! As as a musical, yeah, you know, no, that's a great as question. A, as a Broadway singer, um, we asked it of Oak when he was on. What was we his did. answer? His answer of the ragtime. That's right. That was his favorite. That was his favorite musical. Oh, which we also want to hear that. Oh, thought. sorry, sorry. Yeah, yes, he said his favorite oh, musical was ragtime. Movie, but oh, it is not a movie. But it's not a movie musical. Movie musical. Oh, they he might have said South it. Park. Actually, I don't. I don't. Well, we did South Park. With yeah. Him. yeah, I don't think we actually asked him the favorite movie, movie musical. We just we said musical. Favorite musical, which I would be interested to hear. I would hear. I would like to hear both of those. Okay. If, if, if not yeah. to put you on the spot. No, I'm happy. To, I'm okay. happy to answer. Very um, interested to hear this. Movie musical. That's a hard one. Chicago is up there, if mm-hmm. not at the at the top. Um, also, at like a formative time in my life when I was really figuring out how much I love musicals, so that mattered. Have you watched uh, Fosse Verdon yet? Not yet. It's Very so excited. It's I've so heard good. amazing things. I mean, um, I've only watched the first one, but it's great. Uh, I also, I mean, of course, West Side Story belongs there, but interesting. Um, only because it just oh, is. I feel like I owe it to. <laughs> Do you that, think that the, Spielberg's West Side Story is going to be? It'll be interesting. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Um, it'll be really interesting. I know. I think the girl who got cast as Anita, Ariana DeBose. I I know her. We were cool. in the same season. Right. Um, and she's wonderful. She's Great. really talented and and beautiful and cool. Um, so it, I'm. It's also hard to I fuck up. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the music is the music so, so, so rock yeah. solid. The story is totally. As resonant today as it's ever been, it's finally cast with people in the right race totally. for the yeah. first time ever. So it really – I can't kind of imagine him not doing a good job. See, look, I'm one of the idiots who thinks Ready Player One is good. So I like Ready Player One. Yeah. Like I think he – I think, I think people his baseline is time, but great. I agree. So I think he's going to nail it. But so I, I'm curious to see – I'm curious to see how Tony Kushner handles – it seems like it's going to be a lot more about gangs and race and a lot more sort of about – that stuff, which I don't think that the original handles particularly well at all. So I'm curious to see how they handle that pretty, you know, explosive material. So it'll be interesting. That'll be cool. 
so, yeah, so, so West Side Story, Chicago? I mean, Chicago was really good. I love the way they handled it. And yeah. I thought it was a great movie and super entertaining and great performances from I all, yeah. I think. Um, Do you have a favorite stage musical? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Ragtime is one of my tops. It's re- It really is. I mean, Oak and I bonded about that back when we first <laughs> met. Um, I, I, love, I love that music so much. And I'm just like... It's one of the few music. I'm not super interested in directing, but mm. I that's one of the few shows that I would love to like work on in a way in really? like a creative capacity because I think yeah. there are ways to make it grittier than it's usually done. Mm-hmm. Um because it feels so broad and so big that I think people make a lot of big choices instead of sort of paring down on like the actual scenes and like what the people are saying and the music is so stunning that I I just love it. Um but I think my favorite show that I would want to be in that I still have yet to do is the last five years, which was a movie musical, I but heard, I did not I heard see it. Was it was not good. Yeah. That's why I didn't see it. <laughs> um, uh, cause I feel super strongly about that show and I, right. I love it. Um, people love it. It was I part mean, of my like thesis project when I was in college, I took all of the, um, uh, Kathy's material, like all the female material and sang it through like a concert mm. and it was really cool to do it that way. Like, huh. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't want to do it that way in a broad, I would just want to do the show, Yeah. but I just love the way it's structured. And I think it's really creative and I, I actually love, I love the music. And I also think not a lot of people perform in particular Kathy, that role in the way that I think she could be performed because it's sort of an autobiographical musical mm. about Jason Robert Brown and his ex-wife. And like, so I don't, I mean, I don't know if you can write your relationship, right? right. Your life. Like right. we're talking about here, yeah. like with a clear head. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I think that impacts the way people perform it too. But I kind of think that she's more like that character is more, um, is tougher than she is sometimes portrayed or like vocally. I just, yeah. So I don't know. I love, but I love that show. I think it's really beautiful. Great answers. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen a lot of them. So, but no, but I, I really want to see the last five years. I just read that. uh, I mean, I'm I'm Hamilton obsessed. Um, You should have seen me in here with Oak. It was embarrassing. But um, it was amazing. But the <laughs> the uh, the the song that ends with "Nobody Needs to Know." Yeah, he Lin Manuel Miranda took that line from the last five years, asked permission to use it from Jason. <laughs> um, so yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. It was that is head. cool. I didn't know that uh, that Fosse Verdon was produced by Lin Manuel yeah. and also directed by the guy who did Hamilton as well. These are things I Tommy didn't know. Yeah. Um, so we, uh, we're going to rate this movie from zero okay. to 99. Um, you saw it around 99. Mm-hmm. We have not, right? I've never seen TV with Mussolini. <laughs> <laughs> so we'd love to hear what you, th- you know, zero to 99 from then, zero to 99 <laughs> before this podcast. Cool. And then zero to 99 after this podcast. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. So you mull that over. We'll right. go. Okay. Go. Um, before this podcast, uh, I probably give it a 65. Oh, pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I, I I had my issues with it, but you know, I, I I don't know. I was very happy with a lot of the performances. I thought there was some really interesting stuff in it. Again, sort of an embarrassment of riches. Too much stuff, but didn't really sort of. I don't know. Um, after this podcast, I think I gave it a seventy-two. Hmm. I think it's I you know I I really 
I don't know. The, the more we talked about it, the more I sort of – I just started to think about like how I would like to hang out with these people more, if that makes sense. Like I would – you know, before we started this, both of us sort of glibly kind of joked about like why would you want to rewatch this movie? And now I could see myself in five or seven years or something like that sitting down and being like, yeah, I'd like to spend another you know two hours sure. with these people. So that's that's where I'm at with it. Uh, I gave it a 55 before the podcast, mm-hmm. which I thought was generous. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I mean, I generally read a little something as to why. And what I wrote was, <laughs> it's not bad, but it's slow and slight considering the subject matter. Some really great performances are offset by one very bad one, mm. um, which I basically still feel. But uh, as I said, over the course of this conversation, my esteem grew um, a lot. I'm not quite where you are, Phil. I was going to give it a 65 after the podcast, which I think is a pretty good grade, and I'm going to keep it at a 65. I think it's – I mean I think that truth be told, I – as I said, I, I watched it with uh, with my roommate, Melissa. I asked her what she would say, um, and she's like, I don't know, like a 55 or something like that. And I was like, I'm going to give it a 65. So I think that – I think maybe I was a little overly generous in the beginning, but I, I stand by my numbers. Cool. Barrett? Um, I would – when I – when I first saw this movie, mm-hmm. um, I would have probably given it like a 75 or 80 for hot guys. <laughs> and, um, Amazing. Uh, yeah. And it was not at that time. For you. Yeah. Not for at that time. Like I didn't know what a terrible actor that poor kid was. But he <laughs> was looking great to me. Sure. So he was getting a high. I would have given him a high grade. Um, and plus it had all these ladies who I was being trained while watching to adore. And that, you know, so, um, yeah, I would have probably given it like an 80 when I was a kid Mm -hmm. because I didn't really know what was good and what, you know, Uh whatever. Then in rewatching, I probably, uh, after, before the podcast, I mean, um, I probably would have gone with like a, probably a 63. Sure. And now after the podcast, which I've super enjoyed, and it's actually allowed me to kind of dig back through what I feel about some of the elements of the movie, I'll give it a, I'll give it a, I'll give it a 70, I'll give it a 73. There yeah, you go. I'll go up 10 points there you go. for yeah. this nice conversation. I like that, yeah. That, I mean, it feel I don't know. That, that was, that's what this movie is. Yes. This movie yes. lives right in that, that, that neighborhood. Yep. And I think if you're predisposed to like this kind of movie, you would like it. And I actually think more than anything after this conversation, it takes a couple times. I, I would agree with you. Yeah. I think you just – yeah. I don't know. It's weird. It, it hit me and I was like okay, – it was kind of a shrug last night. And now the more I think about it, the more I chew on it, the more I think about sort of the performances. And yeah, it just it's, – it's a very lovely movie. I like watching a movie like this and then being sort of bored and then when you're talking about it yeah. and then being like, oh, my th- – that part was awesome. That and happens, then all of a sudden yeah, you realize all the there's like yeah. six great parts that you really enjoyed. No. Yeah. You know, share singing or yeah. like the outfit. Like there's going to be stuff that jumps out at and you and then it like, makes it, oh, that was cool. For sure. And sometimes I would also say too that, you know – Sometimes yes, the 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 parts don't equal a whole. Sometimes, sure. but the parts can all just be great. Like we we there's several times we've had movies that we talk about where we'll do just that. Where it's like this is really cool and this is really cool. I'm not sure if it all comes together, but all that stuff is really cool. And I don't know. I think the more we talked about this, the more they kind of co- coalesced a little bit more for me. So I, I mean, 
I'm thrilled you wanted to to talk about tea with Miss Well, I know. I was sort of worried you guys are going to be like, this sucked. And I resent that we had to watch it. Well, we got to watch them all. Right. So right. at so least we got an amazing guest to come on and talk oh, with thanks. us about it. So next week, this is, I mean, it's such a weird, we do a lot of weird throws. We do a lot of like incongruent films. But nothing weirder than this. This is, a, this is. So next week we're doing Mickey Blue Eyes, guys. We're going from Tea with Mussolini. Everybody's been asking for it. <laughs> Everyone wants it. We've decided to give the people what they want. Here you go, uh, Mickey Blue. Yeah, Mickey Blue. I mean, I, this was a really, this was a tough one to watch for me. For a movie that really isn't, you know, problematic or offensive. Well, God, culturally. Is it, God, is it problematic and offensive? <laughs> Um, it's like, no, I don't, I wasn't that offended culture. I wasn't that offended on behalf of Italians. Were you? I, wa- I want, uh, and uh, when you guys listen to our episode of Mickey Blue Eyes, something that I do want to unpack with you is how did we get here as, as, the, how did, how did the Italian stereotype get to Mickey Blue Eyes? Because that's interesting to me. Because I'm watching this film thinking to myself right, – Let's not do the we, – yeah. we, we haven't done the Mickey Blue we Eyes podcast. Yeah. We're literally Spoiler. sitting here about to do it. <laughs> but like – Do you uh, know what I'm saying? Like, so I don't want to do it now. Look forward to that, guys. We're going to talk about Italian <laughs> stereotypes. How – I mean it's – I don't want to say too much more. I don't want to say too much more, but 99 – you know, this is obviously our second like mob spoof. Yeah. The other mob spoof analyzed this. Far more successful both commercially and uh, – Artistically, and then we'll do the and Sopranos, was, which is the exact fucking opposite of all which of this. Is, but it's so crazy that that, yeah. that that show was launched when the In the same year as these. Movies. Yeah, when, when the thing, when the the du jour thing yeah. was to take these mobsters and turn them into absurd cartoon characters. cartoon characters, and not like Ghost Dog did. Yeah, right. Like Ghost Dog yeah. also had like cartoonish mobsters, but it was totally different. I would even I would even say that the Simpsons has a more nuanced take on mobsters than these fucking, and that's an actual cartoon. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm just I'd saying. I'd be interested to see a mob cartoon though. Sure. Right, I'll work there on you that. Go. You got that. You, you, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, next week, Mickey Blue Eyes. It's just, it's, it's Kenny and I just doing a deep dive into uh, Mickey Blue. So get excited. Yeah. It's going to be great. Barrett, thank you so Thanks. much for being here. Thank you so much for having I me, guys. This was really fun. Have. Will you come back? Please come I back. I would love to. Okay. Well, we'll find, we'll find we'll something else. Another... Maybe a movie that you haven't seen. Or a series or something. Or a series. I know you we're guys. Gonna are... start to, we're going to start doing some, some TV shows. We're going to start doing that. some music videos, maybe. Ooh. Bill so wants to do books. I'd like to do a book or two, maybe. Okay. <laughs> well, we know we're doing one book for sure. Excuse me. Oh, of course we're doing And yes, then, that's... and then, you know, we're going to do some, I think we're going to do some, maybe do some, some books. We'll see. Whatever Harry Potter came out that year. It wasn't a Harry Potter that came out in 99, I don't think. Oh, it, I think. It did. Was it? To be, was it 2000 or 1999? If there's a Harry Potter, then we're definitely doing Harry Potter. But. Aged at the same pace as Harry Potter for like I aged my child. I did. I like. I was waiting. I think the same I was a age year behind. Potter? But then when I read it, I was expecting my letter from Hogwarts. Like oh, I was. I'm amazing. not kidding. I was that kid. Oh, that's the cutest thing I've ever heard. Pretty weird, but I <laughs> I loved it. I just like picturing you know little Bear just waiting for oh, a letter I was to a Hogwarts. Super. Yeah. I was mean, there a Harry Potter? Was it 99? Azkaban. Perfect. Ooh, third. It's going to be yes. great. Number three. That's fantastic. We're definitely going to do that, Kenny. Cool. Sure. Kenny's, Kenny's, I'm, not, it's, Kenny's yeah. not excited. I've, I've read the first two, so I'm, I'm ready to okay, go. Okay, so yeah. Azkaban's, <laughs> I've never read any of the books, so oh. I'm excited to – Oh, my God. you got to read the first two before you can – Why? What do you mean, why? Oh, treat to? yourself. It'll go really fast. They're really great. Are they? 
Okay, then I'm I haven't reread as an adult. I'll give you the beautiful version. I, I well, uh, my roommate has the hardcovers. Cool. Okay. So either point being, I'd love to come back. You sometime. come back. We're, yeah. It's gonna be great. We'll find we'll find something to talk about, and it'll be great. Um, you're on Twitter and Instagram. I'm on Twitter and what Instagram. Are your, what are your handles? Uh, at Barrett Doss on Twitter, <laughs> um, uh, and uh, on Instagram, it's <laughs> shit. It's um. It's great. Don't go, Jason Waterfalls. Uh, kind of hard to find. You should just be able to find me if you search Baratoss on Instagram. Yeah. But it's don't go underscore Jason Waterfalls. Got yeah. it. Um, <laughs> I'm at PM Iskov on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Podcast Like 1999. Please rate, review, subscribe. Thank you for listening. Just podcast like it's podcast like it's 1999. Podcast like it's Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.